Hello and welcome everyone to On The Esky, a sports podcast where we wrap up all the week in sport, have a few beers and talk some dribble while we do it. Uh, welcome back all our fans and friends from around the world listening to the podcast. Uh, we've got a big show planned, as we always do. We've got to kick off with the IPL final and congrats to the Super Kings winning their fourth. We'll review that in a moment. Uh, we've got week seven preview of the NFL coming up. Uh, the NBA is back. Champions League football as well as uh, Europe, um, not Europe, uh, EPL, the English Premier League going on. Uh, and then in the final round, we'll tackle some UFC, a little bit of news in the local leagues, uh, as well as ooh, there's a Major League Baseball happening. There's an F1 race on the weekend. Uh, but as always, uh, there's timestamps throughout this, so you can skip ahead to some of the other sports that you're more interested in. As always, you please... Uh, consider chucking us a subscribe on our YouTube or follow on the Instagram. Uh, we will be back in the studio next week. This will be the last lockdown session. Let's uh, go. We'll be able to get nice and cuddly around the, the table and uh, oh, it's a big table. talk. We can spread out. Yeah, true. true. <laughs> talk some dribble as always. Uh, how you boys been? Of course, we've got Monks and Peps and my am Sean back again for another podcast session tonight. Boys, I, I forgot two things uh, during the lockdown. A, how good the pub is, and B, <laughs> how shit the next day after going to the pub is. Uh, I had lined up a bit of golf uh, with uh, Monkey Magic, uh, the fastest research man in Australia, and uh, I missed the tea time, but Monkey also slept in as well. So uh, it, it actually benefited both of us. But, yeah, the pubs are back, stuff's opening back up. Uh, I'm pretty happy, and we've got a massive, massive week of sport to get stuck into. Monks, how was your week? Uh, did you have a few beers Saturday night, or just fucking <laughs> the alarm didn't go off? <laughs> yeah, no, just the alarm just – no, the alarm did go off. I had, like, three or four alarms set. I was real keen for a hit of golf, uh, and I just slept through all of them. I think that's 7.30 a.m. tea time. Isn't the best best for me, not having any kids or anything. I'm not used to waking up that early on a Sunday morning. <laughs> I'm not normally too bad uh, with getting up early on a Sunday morning, uh, except for when the pub's open for the first time in three months. Uh, but <laughs> it is what it is. Uh, maybe we'll try again this weekend. Might have to, uh, yeah. Speaking of this weekend, we've got a bunch of sport to get stuck into. Would you like to sh- uh, kick us off with Shout a Beer? Yeah, no, definitely. So this week I'm going to shout a beer to Paddy the Batty Pimblet, um, rising success of Cage Warrior, bursting onto the UFC scene um, quite recently. You'd think that he would um, be given the benefit of the doubt in situations like being a supporter of the away team at the football um, over in England. We're talking about the EPL. Um, but that was not the case. Um, so as a Liverpool supporter, Paddy was invited to Vicarage Road, home of Watford uh, FC. Um, by the Watford goal, goalkeeper Ben Foster. Um, Australian, however, I believe. What was that? Ben Foster's Australian, is he? Or maybe I'll fuck that up. Nah, he's English, I'm pretty sure. <laughs> <laughs> fuck it up, keep going. <laughs> anyway, let's continue. Uh, <laughs> anyway, anyway. Um, yeah, so during the match, um, Paddy actually got uh, kicked out by security. Um, he got booted um, for for celebrating too much, I think, when Liverpool sco- scored one of their many goals in that match. Um, citing that they were concerned for his safety. Um, there was a bit of back and forth. Um, he complained that it wasn't him. It was um, a different crowd. Um, anyway, gracious in defeat, he 
thought he'd probably be able to find a good English pub to finish watching the game. Um, no luck there either. So he got kicked out of um, the boozer he went to because it was the hometown um, pub. Um, there was no reports of if he found another pub or if he was able, even able to finish watching uh, the Reds just dismantle uh, Watford on the weekend. But um, if you didn't get a pint, the next one's on me. There's two, oh, que- okay, two questions I want to ask of this situation. Uh, well, no, the first is a statement is uh, shout out to Paddy, uh, elite athlete getting booted from multiple venues. I myself have uh, experienced that. <laughs> and uh, secondly, how the fuck do you get kicked out for celebrating a goal too hard? Like, surely there must have been a bit more in this than, like, oh, when when you score, there's a, like, and granted on the night, I think that they put four or five on them, but it's not yeah. like occasion when you when you uh when your team uh finds the old onion bag how do you get booted for celebrating too hard that's it i don't know i was watching the highlights of the game and like i mean obviously there was a lot of goals scored by liverpool and the crowd was absolutely roaring so i mean i haven't seen any reports contrary to um what patty's put up but sounds like he was just having a good time um nothing too out there and yeah it's didn't like him, whether it was because he was sitting part in, in the Watford crowd rather than Liverpool crowd. Yeah. Who's to say, but doesn't sounds, mean you can't. seems like every single time I've been denied uh, or, or <laughs> from a venue, entirely not my fault and it's all on the security guards, I think. Yeah. <laughs> Moving That's forward, I'll, I'll shout a beer to another Paddy, uh, this time Paddy fucking Mills, uh, making his debut for the Brooklyn Nets. A lot of uh, talk around Kyrie Irving. Is he going to be able to play this season? He's got his tinfoil hat on. He doesn't want to get vaccinated. And the Nets come down pretty hard and said, look, you're not you're not playing at this stage um, until you want to uh, come through with the with the vaccination. Charles Barkley uh, had some comments, um, you know, saying he's essentially getting p- uh, paid $17 million to sit at home. Uh, but it's opened the door for our boy, Paddy, and he has just come through with his Olympic form and he put on 21 points uh, in, coming off the bench. And guess what? He was 7-7 seven seven from three points on opening night, uh, an absolute uh, roarer of a game for, for Paddy Mills. So next one's on me, uh, Balapat. And I imagine Joe Harris might be uh, thinking a little bit about that starting uh, position uh, there, Paddy, uh, definitely knocking down the door to uh, get a starting role. So next one's on me to Canberra's own Paddy Mills. Yeah, that's that's awesome effort. Seven for seven for for three pointers. He might need to give uh, Ben Simmons a few tips. Yeah, at at Ben Simmons, uh, <laughs> and attitude, I think. Uh, but we might get stuck into that a little bit later. Sean, who you got? Uh, well, we can rename him. We call him Paddy Keelum if you want to <laughs> make it make sense with whether you do. But we're, we're talking about Case. Uh, Case Keenum going to play uh, starter for the Browns on Friday. Well, Friday our time, Thursday night football. I want to shout him a beer because he's probably going to get Fangio fired, and we'll cover that in the NFL <laughs> preview when we get how, to it. How do you figure? How do you figure that? I'll save it. We'll we'll when we talk about Thursday night football. We'll do that, but I want to shout him a beer now um, with what chance is going to go down. So I'm, I'm sensing a lack of confidence in your own side uh, in, in tomorrow night's game. <laughs> yes. Um, uh. And with that, I think it's cricket time. So we'll kick off with cricket. We mentioned it in the intro. The IPL final happened. Um, we will start there and review that. The T20 World Cup has just kicked off as well. About a week into games for the 
what what we call it play in tournament associate nations yeah play in tournament um it's essentially the minnows but you know Sri Lanka and Bangladesh out there uh, trying to trying to get in uh, I, I did see a few good memes getting around about, you know, being sports tragics and whatever, and, you know, the missus being in your ear about doing whatever chore you've got to do. And then, hang on, hang on, i just got to catch this last over of Oman versus Papua New Guinea. Uh, <laughs> some really in, in, exciting stuff. But we will get stuck into that in just a second. But first, let's have a look back at the IPL final. Uh, Chennai Super Kings coming away with their fourth title in IPL 14. They batted first. They made three for 192, one of the biggest scores we've seen uh, since the resumption of the IPL in the Emirates. Uh, young gun Ruderaj Gaikwad continued his good form uh, before hauling out to Sunil Nareen. We had highlighted his impact and he bowled very well, uh, but unfortunately the rest of the night riders uh, couldn't really emulate him uh, with the ball. Lockie Ferguson and uh, Varun Chakravarthi absolutely copped it. And it was by a man by the name of Faf Duplessis, 86 of 59. Also a little bit of help from Udhapa and Moen Ali. Uh, and, and that really set um, set them up for that big score. And then the Knight Riders in return, they actually got off to an awesome start through Venkatesh Ayer and Shubman Gill, both making 50s. But it was a weird one because uh, Ayer got dropped by, by Dhoni on Nort and it was an absolute sitter. And uh, we'll get stuck. We'll have a little chat about Donny in a second. And then uh, a real weird one with Shubman Gill. He hit the the cable of the spider cam, you know, the, the webcam that flies around, giving you the the footage from above, and got caught. Uh, and it got ruled a dead ball, which is the rule. Uh, you know, if you hit uh, the stadium in an indoor, uh, the roof of the stadium in an indoor stadium or anything up there, it does get ruled a dead ball. So. <laughs> A few little things that swung the Knight Riders' way. Uh, but then when those two bo- both got out, it was an absolute shambles. They started falling like flies. And we're talking about good bats in Nitish Rana. Owen Morgan, who w- the captain didn't really show much throughout the whole tournament. Dinesh Kartik, Shakib Al-Hassan. Uh, they, all, they all fell without making double digits. And uh, it was good to see Aussie uh, Josh Hazelwood playing pretty well. And the Lord... Shadul Thakua also picked up a few wickets. Uh, and in the end, the Super Kings won pretty comfortably. Didn't get a last over thriller, but they deserved it. Uh, it was them and the Delhi Capitals really, uh, you know, throughout the, the end of the season being uh, quite dominant. Uh, so congrats to them. Dhoni, he's 40 years old. He's definitely showing his age a little bit. This may have been the last time that he's played in the IPL, boys. What did we think about him? Well, besides having a great career, I was just having a quick Google. Chris Gale is 42, so uh, he's not to say that he can't, uh, you know, do some mercenary services and just go around where he needs and just get paid. Um, you know, it's not like he has to, if he's keeping, he's not like he expected him to do much, stand on one end, try to hit sixes and keep in the field. Like, they're not asking a lot of the body, so he could potentially play an extra year or two. Um but otherwise, yeah, international test level um, throughout the entire game, he's been excellent um, at all those levels. So uh, if if it is his time and he's start, starting to give away the game completely, then, yeah, that's an excellent career for him. Indeed. One of the best white ball players of all time and uh, synonymous with, with India uh, and the IPL. 
Uh, so if it is the last time that we've seen him, uh, yeah, uh, congrats on a great career. But you are right, um, you know, just has to keep wicket and and go out and, and try and, um, you know, do what he does and finish games. But uh, I don't know. It, for me, it was the first time that I'd seen Donny noticeably slower, uh, both behind uh, the stumps and with the bat. So it'll be interesting to see what happens. We'll obviously slide straight into uh, some kind of coaching or media role. Uh, you'd imagine uh, a massive name uh, in in the subcontinent. Uh, and speaking of massive names, Faf Duplessis, uh, he was man of the match. I think he was the second highest run scorer throughout the tournament. And, um, Monks, if you just wouldn't mind searching, Cricket South Africa put out a <laughs> congratulations, uh, I think, to Ndidi, who didn't play yeah. uh, a single game for the Super Kings, but forgot to mention Faf Duplessis. There's been a bit of back and forth with them on Twitter, a bit of bad blood. Faf will not be playing in the World Cup. Uh, he has chosen to just play uh, club uh, T20 cricket of late, and that's, I think, where the falling out um, is around. Marks, have you got any news surrounding the falling out between Faf and Cricket South Africa? Has Cricket South Africa, before you answer that, um, sorted out their governance problems yet? Mate, fuck if I know, because, <laughs> because Faf isn't playing, and A.B. De Villiers, uh, who we saw as well in the IPL, had a little bit of a quiet tournament. He's not playing in this uh, T20 World Cup. Uh, so that changes the dynamic a lot. You look at their team on paper, it's pretty good. You add those two in it, and you start thinking about them as contenders. So as Australians that are in a, a group with them, as well as England and the West Indies, it's good news for us. Uh, but but going back to, to the... The, I think there's a bit of back and forth on Twitter. Monks, have you got any information for us? Um, nothing too much further to add. So, yeah, obviously, uh, pretty soon after the match, uh, Cricket South South Africa sent out a quick little tweet, um, as you mentioned, congratulating, um, uh, what was his name? In, Indeed. Indeedy. That's it, yeah, um, for winning the IPL. Obviously, as you mentioned, hadn't played. Um and yeah, the I guess yeah, it did kick up a little bit of a stink over Twitter, over socials, um, probably between Faf and them, and also a lot of um, other players and I guess just general public. So yeah, after that, um, the CSA put out another post congratulating um, mm-hmm. Faf as well and um, pointing out that he was man of the match as well. So oh. I think they've tried to smooth it over, but yeah, probably to Sean's point. With governance, it's just a hot mess at the moment from the sounds of it. Yeah, It's, it's starting to become like the West Indies management or, or, or board, I should say, in that they're, they're trying to, you know, they're trying to get their guys to, to play these, these, you know, white ball tournaments for not much money and then coming down hard when they do chase a bit of coin. And, and so they should, hmm. uh, you know, going to play the, the big uh, club T20 um, tournaments like the IPL, but I just don't understand how you could go into a World Cup and, you know, not have a guy like Faf um, there. But, yeah, very, very interesting. It'll be And and it'll be telling to see what happens. Uh, I'm not too concerned about us. Uh, we'll get stuck into that in just a second. But yeah. England and the West Indies, you'd think, uh, will be a, a lot stronger than South Africa on paper. Yeah, I agree. And so, yeah. just to confirm, there was, uh, I think it was late April, early May, uh, there was a vote to put in a new government structure. Um, 
best practice in South Australia and international, supposedly. Uh, so it sounds like they resolved their governance issue and won't won't get banned. That's why they're obviously playing in the T20 World Cup. So they mm. they have sorted out, but not to say that there uh, is um, you know the best best practice going no. forward. But we'll have to wait and see. Now, I just yeah. want to go back to this game, of course, because. Um, I don't want to say we overlooked the Super Kings or whether the Super Kings kind of came into this a bit quiet because I think everyone, well, I'll, well myself, I guess, I'll point myself directly, uh, was very much thinking the the Knight Riders on their their ride uh, and the momentum they had running into that final uh, what well, could potentially take it all away. But then, you know, the Super Kings just came out and dominated. And um, I think good old mate um, Rick and Patel uh, was talking about, you know, he thinks the Super Kings are going to win that easy. Of, well, they can't. Kind of did after they had that got through the openers and got that massive collapse where they, as you said, six guys didn't make double figures, so they really ran through them. So, not maybe a little bit of anticlimactic end um, to the tournament there, uh, with the Super Kings doing it easy um, in that basset second half of their second innings. But uh, a good end to the tournament overall, I would say. Um, one of the better teams definitely there. Of course, another team that had won multiple to- tournaments as well, got four. Um, just a, I don't know. It's not not something I can get super excited about. And we go like, yeah, fuck yeah. It was more just like, okay. It, it was a little anticlimactic. Obviously, you, everyone wants to see it go down to the last over. But, super. Well, you know, yeah. yeah, 27 runs or whatever. It wasn't a complete blowout either. Uh, I think as well for us, it, it's probably the most invested we've ever been in the IPL. I do remember, I do remember IPL one. Uh, I think I was sixteen uh, and staying up all night uh, to to watch, you know, what was at the time kind of absurd to see all the world's best cricketers uh, playing playing in the IPL. And I probably haven't been as excited about it since then. Obviously, us starting a podcast, um, you know, and, and having a little bit of back and forth with, uh, you know, the Delhi Capitals uh, brings you right into it. But you can just see how far and beyond um, any other uh, level of competition it is. It's it's akin to the Champions League, I think, in, in soccer, in that you're watching teams that would go out and beat most international teams. Um, and, and the standard of cricket was unbelievable. Uh, so looking forward to the next one. It, it, it's a short turnaround uh, because of the, the COVID um, impact. I think the auction is in is within the next uh, month or so. And then uh, the uh, IPL 15 should be kicking off uh, about April next year. So so not a massive uh, time to, to wait for, for IPL 15. Uh, Monks, have, have you got the, uh, the best bats and bowlers from the tournament. We obviously saw the breakout of Rudaraj Gaikwad. Uh, he'll be one to watch for India coming forward. Uh, Faf Duplessis, I believe, finished second uh, amongst the run scorers. Uh, yeah. And yeah, if you just wouldn't mind running us through maybe the top five run scorers and uh, the top five wicket takers. Just before you do that, that auctions between December and January is when they're planning. A couple of months away. Yep. Um, yeah, so going back to stats for IPL, so as you said, Garquard, um was scored the most runs at 635. Uh, uh, Faf came in second at 633. Um, Two runs, isn't it? 
<laughs> yeah, that's it. That's it. Um, sorry, I'll, I'll go back to Gakwad. He also, his high score was 101. Yeah. Um, Faf was, yeah, there at um, 95. Not out. Uh, behind them, we had uh, KL Rahul at 626. So still only a few runs behind Faf top there. Playing, top playing finals. So massive, massive tournament there from KL Rahul. Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, yeah, considering how uh, the Kings, I guess, went throughout the leagues or let's, yeah, definitely carried them. Um, his high score was 98. Um, after them, we had um, Shikwa Darwin uh, sitting there at 587, so starting to drop off a little bit there. And to round out the top five, we had our Glenn Maxwell um, at 513. Yeah, good to see him uh, killing it. Very cons- No real... Big scores, I don't think, from Maxi, but just very consistent with making 50s, making them quick, and yep. good to see that running into the World Cup. Uh, and he in IPL 13 uh, was very, very lacklustre, so good to see him get a bit of form. Uh, would you mind run us, running us through just the top few bowlers uh, and maybe a few to, to look out for in the uh, in the World Cup? Yeah, yeah. So I'll go top five again. I'm going to mint some of these names as well. I'm not as as good as you there, Peps. Um, so we had Hashwell Patel um, with 32 wickets, um, taking out first place. Um, uh, after by, him, uh, by a long way, wasn't it at RCB? He was a fair few ahead of the next, wasn't he? Yeah, yeah. So we have uh, Avish Khan sitting at 24. Delhi Capitals. Yep, Delhi Capitals. Yep. And then after him, we had Jasper Brumra and Shadil Thakur both at 21. Um, wickets. Yep, and then rounding out the top five, um, we had Muhammad Shami at 19. How interesting is that? The top five wicket takers, all Indians. So big money spent uh, on, on a few of the internationals. Uh, we saw Sunil Nareen, uh, the West Indian, uh, you know, come into some form towards the end of the tournament. But the top five, all Indians, uh, Look, we'll, we'll get. We're going to talk about the World Cup in a second, but yeah. to, it seems like anything less than making a final, if not winning it, is an underachievement for this Indian side. I reckon it sounds like it, yeah. Um, and yeah, uh, I just want to quickly go back to Donny. You mentioned that he'd probably slot straight into some sort of coaching duties if he does um, finally retire from all forms. Mm-hmm. Um, on Twitter today, um, so India and Australia were having a warm-up match. He was spotted giving keeping drills to um, Pant off on the side of the field. So yeah, yeah, or he or he sit or he's sitting there ready to go, I guess. Be nice, wouldn't it? You know, you, you finish up and it's just all it's all laid out for you. Obviously, one of the most accomplished Indian cricketers of all time. You'd imagine just slots straight into a coaching role there. Now, we do have a World Cup to talk about. Uh, we did mention the Associate Nations uh, have have started their play-in tournament. Uh, I think Sri Lanka are already confirmed in. Uh, Bangladesh dropped a game to Scotland, so they've I think they've got uh, Papua New Guinea, so they should still go through. Uh, and uh, the, uh, by the end of tonight, I think we'll know who the last uh, four teams are uh, to, to come into the tournament proper. Um, us as Australian fans, uh, we, we're in a group with England, West Indies, South Africa, and just recently Sri Lanka. Mm-hmm. Um, boys, we we haven't got a good record in in playing T20 uh, international cricket. 
we've played fuck all and the the most recent tournaments we got we lost to West Indies and Bangladesh. We can't have our heights uh, or our expectations set too high here. What are your thoughts around our side? Hard to say because those teams that did lose were probably Australia um, A and a half, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like, there's at least five guys to come in. Yeah, that is true. So, that is true. My concern is the is the guys that weren't playing. Sure, Maxwell hadn't played in those, and he's out there killing it. But but Warner did fuck all in the IPL. That Smith, on the bench. They didn't big him. Smith Smith was playing a game here here or there. Couldn't even break into Delhi Capitals uh, best eleven in in some of the games. My concern is, you know, those guys that weren't playing in those uh, in those games against Bangladesh and West Indies aren't really elite T20 cricketers at the moment. Yeah, well, they'll make us better, definitely. 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 Like you say, England and West Indies are probably top of the, top of the moment. We should beat um, England, uh, South Africa. Um, sorry, South Africa and uh, Sri Lanka. You'd hope. Uh, yep. Hopefully, we can sneak a game against the other because we'll play each of them twice, don't we? Um, no, no, one game, one game against each of them, and then top oh. two, top two go through. So it's cutthroat. Like this game Saturday yeah. night, it's the first game uh, of the of the tournament proper, if you will, against South Africa. It's must win uh, because if if we drop that, then you've got to go out and and beat most likely England and the West Indies, and make sure you don't have any slip up against Sri Lanka and the other minnow to come through. Uh, it's going to be a tough one, boys. Yeah, and yeah, like definitely. I said before, um, India looking very dominant. Um, should be India, New Zealand get out of their group. Yeah, I, I would think against Afghan and Pakistan already in there. Um, I, I wouldn't rule out Pakistan. I definitely New Zealand would be the second favourite in that group. Monks, hmm. have you got any odds up there for the the tournament itself? And mind you. Keep in mind, if we go through an Australian uh, betting agency like Sportsbet, expect oh. get, expect to get shorter odds uh, than than maybe we we uh, we should be thinking yeah. of uh, in this tournament proper. Uh, India, uh, India, the favourites. Uh, just just keep on chatting. <laughs> <laughs> India should be favourites. I would have thought from, from that warm up game they did it very very easy. The depth that they've got is unbelievable. Um, and and on top of it all, we've, we're coming through the IPL, which has just been played in the Emirates. Uh, you know, into this World Cup that's going to be played in the Emirates. Everyone's going to have their eye in uh, for the Indians. It's it's theirs to lose, I think. I think England could could do a little bit of damage, uh, but yeah, New Zealand maybe a smoky, but I, I don't see us bothering them. And and you can't rule out the defending champions and two-time T uh, Twenty uh, champs in the West Indies. Well, according to this, in a warm-up game against New Zealand, we beat them um, two days ago. Yeah, the, yeah, we we did. That was the the warm up before the India game. The India game, yeah. Again, grain of salt warm up game, <laughs> et cetera, et cetera. That's yep. it. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So I got the odds up here. So you're right. India are our favourite at three dollars. Um. England are second at four dollars fifty. Um. Obviously, with India being favourites, um, that's pushed New Zealand out to seven dollars, and 
as you mentioned, um, there's probably a little bit of favoritism here. Well, actually, not much. Actually, yeah, not much there. Um, Aussies and West Indies are both at seven dollars fifty at the moment. Just sitting outside. On paper and, and past performances, I wouldn't have us equal with the West Indies. Uh, so maybe a little bit of bias there. But look, can't mm. wait, boys. It's been five years since the last T20 World Cup. Uh, obviously pushed back a year because of COVID. Um, Can I ask you a quick question? Mm. What, what do you think of this team from that warm-up game? They had Warner and Finch open. Marsh yep. was three. Yep. Smith was four. Steiner's five. Wade, Agar, Stark, Inglis, and Zampa, I think, was the last one. Maxwell played, did he not? No, oh, not in the, not in the New Zealand game that I'm looking at. I think bring up the Indian team because I believe he played in that India team. I, I think yeah, Warner Finch. I think Marsh will bat three, uh, given his recent form. I think Smith will bat four. I think it'll be Maxwell Stoinis. Seven is interesting. I think they will go with Wade, uh, but Inglis will be knocking down the door. And then the bowlers, Zampa definitely picks himself in the short format. And then you'd think probably Cummins, Hazelwood, and maybe Ashton Agar, I think, will be our, our starting 11. Yeah, so in against India, we had Warner, Finch, Marsh, uh, Smith. Uh, Warner and Finch got nine, Marsh got zero. Smith, yeah. 57 for him. Uh, yeah. Maxwell, Steinus, Wade, then it looks like Cummins, Agar, Richardson, Stark, and Zampa. Extended, extended team. Extended, yeah, extended team, of mm. course, for the, the warm-up. I, I think it, it pretty much picks itself outside of the last bowler and maybe the keeper. Uh, but I think Cricket Australia always shows faith in Matt Wade. So I, I think expect Wade to, to be uh, behind the stumps uh, come Saturday night. So Rahul, Sharma, Agadif and Panda, Panya, um, Covered our uh, run chase by the ball. Yeah, they're they're stacked. They're stacked. There's they're very a, a very very good white ball team. Uh, I'd be very surprised if they don't make the final. If not, win the whole thing. Mm. Let's move back to uh, some domestic cricket, boys. Uh, with the Ashes, you know, not too far away. Uh, we had two games in the Sheffield Shield. Queensland drew with South Australia. The big one to take out of this. It was a second innings. Uh, score, but Usman Kawaja, a massive ton, 174. And with Will Pekoski, unfortunately, uh, copping another one in the nets uh, and showing, uh, again, some concussion symptoms, there's a big question mark uh, around the opening position uh, for, for the Ashes. Usman definitely putting his hand up. Uh, Marcus Harris will be considered. Uh, Joe Burns, look, it's it's... It's open slather, really, uh, if Pekoski will be out. As well, we're two months away, so there's no reason why Pekoski uh, can't get fit. Uh, wishing so, him all the best there. Can I just clarify? Looking at it, it doesn't look like he – I can't find news for another concussion. And Still, they're talking about his 10th one that he suffered against Victoria um, two weeks ago. And I think they the news keeps well, cycling it through that, hey, he's got, um, you know, concussion, concussion, um, uh, whether that's a bit of a beat up there, but anyway, the story goes that Will's trying to get back within an, within the next month, so he may um, miss a game late November. Uh, but whether he um, can get back in that side, essentially having no cricket in that time frame, is what I think we're discussing. Uh, yeah. Potentially, hey, we'll have to we'll have to see. 
Again, uh, Sean, then that leads us into uh, the uh, Tasmania WA game. Tasmania did get a win there. Sean Marsh looking okay, didn't didn't uh, score a ton, but scored a few runs. The most interesting thing out of this one was Cam Bancroft channeling his inner uh, Pajara and making <laughs> a, a solid 11 off 215 balls there. Mate, if I face 215 balls in a season, I'm I'm pretty happy with that. So, so hats on, hats off, Bancroft, uh, just putting up the brick wall there. Uh, unfortunately, it wasn't enough to see uh, WA home Tasmania get the bickies there. And then uh, a big story coming through in the last 24 hours in the retirement uh, from all international cricket of James Pattinson. He's only 31 years of age, uh, a bloke who, look, if his body didn't really give out, may have played 70 to 100 tests or more. Uh, Mm. plagued by back injuries and also one of those guys that was just sort of on the cusp, you know, in this era where since Cummins has been healthy and you've got Stark and Hazelwood there, very difficult team to to bust into. Um, Wishing him all the best. I sent you boys a little video as to what his thoughts are going forward. He's got a little two-year-old girl um, who essentially, with with um, you know COVID protocols and travelling, he, he got to see very little of her first year of life. Um, right. Doing a carpentry yeah. apprenticeship, he's he's hanging up the boots from international cricket, but wouldn't be surprised to see him go around uh, a T20, um, you know, kind of kind of you know make a bit of coin. That the bloke deserves it. Um, I think, Monks, if you wouldn't mind having his career stats there, did he play 20-odd tests, 26 tests, something like that? Yeah, um, so his international career span from uh, 2011 through 2020, um, he played 21 uh, international tests. Um, so his, Yeah, I suppose so, yeah. Um, took, took 81 wickets. His best innings was five for 27. Yeah. Um, what was that average? 25, 26 with the ball. Something like that, yeah. Um, so, yeah. You, look, who'd want to be a fast bowler? I mean, the, you've got this guy, Jimmy Anderson, who is an absolute freak of, of nature, a Tom Brady, if you will, uh, of, of just being able to just keep going and going and going. And then you see so many stories of these guys where, and mo- most often they're back, but but other areas that, that, that just give out, especially in, in today's cricketer, for, for some reason, I don't know if it is with that, you know, there's a little bit more cricket being played, um, but but some of the quicks just, um, you know, just in, injury ravaged. Jason Berendorf comes to mind um, of a guy that, that missed a lot of cricket. And even Pat Cummins, you know, we, we see how, how well he's playing these days, but he he debuted at 18 and then missed a good three or four years through through injuries. So, mate, who'd want to be one? Um, look, my, my my social cricket team likes to say he looks like Tarzan and bowls like Jane. Uh, about myself, <laughs> I definitely have the frame of a fast bowler. Just none of the uh, I'd, I'd definitely rather sit down the other end these days. It's uh it's pretty hard bowling uh, eight overs in a in a Sunday social uh, setting, let alone bowling 30 to 40 in a Test match. Yeah. No, I think you hit the nail on the head with Patterson as well. Every time he kind of looked like he was going to push his way into the side, like if Stark was struggling, um, he very much would feel that role that Stark had. Uh, then, you know, an injury would creep up, whether it was hammies, knees, back, et cetera, like the, the typical fastballer stuff. He just couldn't couldn't um, stay healthy and couldn't cement his spot 
um, where he would have like over that 10 year career um, could have played the hundred as, as you said, um, mm. sort of averaging like roughly two a year, which I think ended up being like, he'd play a couple series in a year, but injured be out a year or two. After yeah, way back in years, yeah. And as well, an underrated part of his game, uh, Pretty sneaky, good with the bat. There's a few times, instances of him, uh, you know, I think he scored a few tons for Victoria. Great cricket, like just just wielding it. Uh, so, yeah, hats off to James Pattinson on an excellent career and wishing him all the best moving forward. Definitely. And with that, I think that's cricket for this week, uh, which means we need to go... Oh. We'll change because I'm changing some continents. Let's go to America and talk about the NFL uh, week seven coming up, not six. Week seven news coming up. Um, mm. Well, we'll start with the news and then we'll get into the, the preview. Sorry, I fucked that up. So we'll start with <laughs> NFL news from the week leading into the week seven preview. Um, I think we've got to start by talking about the the ongoing rumours with Deshaun Watson. Um, he's not on an exemption list, I don't think, anywhere he's – just the third quarterback not doing anything regularly inactive uh, for the Texans. Of course, he wants to be traded. Um, some chat about, well, it sounds like uh, the Finns are very hot and heavy, want, want him. Uh, again, rumors saying that, hey, that, that's just a bullshit. There's nothing's happening. So whether one side's trying to leak it, leverage, whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, sounds like if that's the case, two is going to be on the move, whether that means he goes to Tennessee or not to Tennessee, to um, the Texans, to Houston or whether he gets, you know, a three-team deal, gets moved somewhere else. Who knows? He looked okay on the weekend for his first game yeah, back. He did. So, um, but, hey, if you do a you, – you've got to be worried that your team wants to trade a quarterback that's got 22 sexual assault cases against him uh, over you. So, um, Might yeah. be a liability. <laughs> yeah, and, you know, it's obviously – so, this is heated up again, and I, I think I talked about this a couple of weeks ago. Like some of these teams might have start having those conversations if a guy's hurt, hey, he might be playing. You know, Sean Watson could be playing for that team next week. Um, trade deadlines now a week and a half away, I think it is, isn't it? Um, yeah. So if they're going to make it happen this year, it's going to be soon. Whether the league knows some other stuff about the legal cases, whether because I think none of them get heard till November and then mm. into January, like it's it's going to be another three months before they all get sorted um, and whether they get settled or not, because they're all, um, I don't think they're criminal cases, they're public um, suing or something. I can't remember the exact legal terms for the U S but uh, uh, there's a, there's a lot out there. Obviously the owners sounds like the owners have either signed off on it or allowing this conversation to happen, whether it happens or not, it's, um, what's the top five quarterback if, if he's healthy and playing? So he adds a lot to the Finns if that's really what they want to do. Um, just not much more you can comment on it, really. What are your boys' thoughts? It's just weird how it's it's really ignited again in the last few days. Like a few weeks ago, it was kind of like, nah, like rule out this season, and now it's kind of like, oh yeah, like like it's it's kind of happening. Is it a media beat-up? Probably. Uh, th- that's what I kind of wonder. I think it's leverage. So, but they're probably having this conversation in the background and then either side's leaking their part of it to try mm. and generate leverage um, to potentially push through the deal before the deadline. It's usually what happens. So, the, other thing, the other thing that's uh, probably less uh, 
football related and more just an anecdote. But uh, we saw the crucifixion of John Gruden last last week regarding yeah. uh, look some less than savoury emails. Uh, let's be honest. Uh, but uh, yeah, a guy going whilst this is all going on, I know innocent until proven guilty. It just seems a little on the nose to me uh, that yeah that that's the world that we live in. Um, yeah, maybe people do get uh, a little bit of the death by media, um, you know, in regards to Gruden. But uh, who knows? We'll see. A lot can happen in a week. So maybe in the next pod, we may be talking about Deshaun Watson uh, playing somewhere else other than Houston. Well, even if the trade goes through, the league's got to okay him to play. So since yeah. since the Texans aren't playing him, they're just like, well, we'll just wait. We're not doing anything. If they want to consider playing him, they, they might go, well, hey, he's now on the um, exemption list, he can't be uh, allowed to play until his legal matters get sorted out. Who knows? If you're finding masseuses on Tinder, you've probably got issues. Um, so you have to have to see how, how everything goes out there. It's it's unfortunate. Uh, there's there's plenty of uh, short films on the, the internet that I've watched which went exactly like that, and uh, and it all went went okay for me. Uh, I, I, I just managed to keep it uh, just uh, in that that viewing of the short films. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> but on a more serious note, have you had heard any more on this? Uh, anything to add regarding Deshaun Watson? Um, no, not really. Um, I think you yeah, sort of hit the nail on the head. I think a lot of it's sort of just a back and forth, trying to find some leverage at some point. Um, I think, yeah, Houston still um, reckons they're going to be able to get at least three first-round picks for him. Um, three? Yeah, is that what you're hearing, three? Yeah, that, that's what they're, that, ask, they're asking that, prices. Yeah, that was their minimum, and then they wanted something else to top it off. So whether that's right. players or picks on top of it. If you're Miami, do you think that Deshaun Watson is worth three first-round picks when you've got Tua, who's still very young in in his career, sure as some mm. big injury concerns, uh, you know that horrific hip injury that we that we saw coming into the league. Would you would you rather uh, Tua and or Watson and three first-rounders gone? What would you take? I think they'd probably prefer Justin Herbert at this point. Um, <laughs> but, uh, but hindsight is twenty twenty. Yeah, well, yeah. Sean, you got to remember, Deshaun Watson's a he's a top five quarterback. Right? Elite, yeah, he's a, an elite quarterback. He's got he definitely got the talent to do that. Whether he helps that Dolphins team potentially make it to the playoffs, I think they're uh, we're, they're not that te- they're not that team built ready where they need a quarterback. Um, and then to lose three first round picks. picks probably more picks and another player um, like they're not going to be able to build that team probably in the next uh, couple of years while Hulter Sean's there anyway. So um, yeah, I don't, I don't think they, yes, they'll probably play more entertaining and fun football, but I don't think they gain anything win, winning wise yeah. uh, and their record wise long-term. Yeah, yeah. Maybe it's a two or three game swing for that team, but still that's not playoff worthy. I don't think for them. Yeah, well, three games isn't worth three picks, in my opinion. So, yeah, I believe in Tua Tunga Yeah, Yeah, if he can stay healthy, he's, yeah, an amazing player. Um, they'll be able to build a team around him. But, um, yeah, like, before the season started, I thought it was all just conspiracy theories that, um, yeah, the, the uh, Houston were trying to devalue him or something and, um, just offload him because um, it's probably too expensive. Um, but then, yeah, it sort of snowballed into what it is now. So 
yeah, I probably don't really have too much more to say about it. Yeah. We'll see how it plays out in the court of law um, outside of that. Yeah, you know, we could definitely talk about draft picks and, and you know, what you'd rather, but uh, we'll leave the legal stuff up up to uh, the people that know what they're talking about. Mm-hmm. That's it. So the next kind of interesting story, and I, I think we just wanted to cover It's not really a story. We just want to cover anecdote. Awesome. Uh, uh, with Aaron Rodgers during the week, um, kind of found out the best way uh, to get around the new taunting rules is instead of taunting other players, just taunt the fans. And I think we saw it <laughs> the Bills, um, Titans game as well. Um, Monks, what was the, the direct quote we had here for what Rodgers said to the Bears? Uh, putting me on the spot here. Um, <laughs> so the direct quote <laughs> was... I've owned you all my fucking life. I own you. I still own you. Do we um, know that's exactly what he said. I like. I was looking at it. I don't have much <laughs> audio. I can, you, you can definitely see that he's saying, I owned you. Yeah. Do you yeah. That's word for word what he said. Yeah. I'm not sure about the expletive. I, we have done a few, few searches, and, and we can um, at least verify that third party. Um so, yeah, whether that's all in the media just trying to hype this up, um, who knows. But, I mean, his record against Chicago is 21-5. and five. His completion percentage is 66, uh, nearly 67%. He's scored – he's thrown 57 touchdowns, um, only 10 interceptions. Um, yeah, his quarterback rating is 107 against 100, him. So. Yeah. He's, a, yeah. he's a smart man. He's a smart man. If, if you can't say it to, you know <laughs> – or whoever that you've just taught, you may as well let some of those knucklehead Bears fans know about it. Uh, me, as a, as a Packers, Packers uh, man, yeah, good on him. Uh, a lot spoken about him, uh, you know, and his interest perhaps in, in the team. Uh, this man wants to win this year. You can tell he's still fired up. He, he, he hasn't given up just yet. Uh, look, maybe a little bit over the top perhaps, but... Uh, <laughs> They've won five straight, so it helps. Good to see him at 37 years of age and still sneaky athletic, running one into the end zone, and it still fucking means a bit to him. So, look, maybe maybe a little bit, uh, you know, more more than what was warranted, perhaps. But uh, the Packers are looking pretty good. And today, Tom Brady came out, and I'll I'll stole it from Monks. you, the Todd Brady fan, of course, um, did congratulate Aaron Rodgers on his ownership of the Bears um, today. Um, it's good to hear that you've uh, taken a, a, a stake in the Bears. Um, congrats on that. They can join your Milwaukee Bucks uh, ownership as well. So I think that was pretty funny. That's it, yeah. Uh, yeah you mentioned you go. Oh, yeah, you mentioned that um, about rushing touchdown. That's, that is his uh, only his second rushing touchdown against him. Um, Obviously, quarterbacks don't rush for touchdowns too often, but yeah, that's probably yeah a pretty good point point of his um, in regards to that game. Yeah, celebrating it, I guess. Let's fucking go. Packer five and one. Uh, the Bears will get stuck into them in a second. They're three and three. I think they're absolute pretenders. Um, a more more serious story here, I suppose. Uh, we do. Scary, I think it's probably the. Yeah, scary. Yeah. Talk about concussion, but we we kind of we haven't really touched on immediate um, you know long term injuries, and it, definitely the Daryl Taylor one was 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 quite concerning. But also we saw Taylor Lewan uh, both leave on carts, uh, both sort of 
cop one, you know, to the top, the crown of the of the helmet, oh. right, right on top. Um, and you, you do kind of forget that the the short term consequences of this sport can be pretty dire. We saw Taylor Lewan as he was getting carted off, give the thumbs up and a little shucker. He's an absolute character. Everyone was chanting his name. Uh, Sean, what were you? What was your take on this? The games got stopped for for quite some time. Uh, what okay. What did you think? Yeah, well, I think it's not being overly well. They are being overly precautious, but for good reason because both both of them have been uh, injuries to the say the, the crown, the top of the helmet, where the essentially if you watch the video, the head head compresses and your neck compresses, so you you're compressing the spine. So of course they're worried about. Mm. Um, you know, you're compressing your spine and stuff getting nicked or, you know, disc getting moved in places that shouldn't be, which ends up to, um, you know, could amble, could lead to disability and, of course, you know, losing um, feeling in your extremities. Of course, they're worried about the concussions, but they're also worried about that. So that's why they take the precaution. Let's let's strap yeah. it down. Let's not move them. Let's not move the head. Put them on the cart. We'll send them off. Get them all the scans they need. Make sure they're all good. Um, yeah, the, the Darren Taylor was... <laughs> It's a bit coincidence both of them got Taylor in the name, but Darren Taylor, um, he took the he took the first one. It looks pretty bad. Um, uh, Taylor Law Law one, um, sorry, his his one didn't look as as bad because it was kind of he was full like coming to, down on the. I think Derek Henry had made a run and he's gone through. He's getting tackled. Yeah. He's coming down on the pile essentially, and he's just contacted the hip. Um, but obviously it. it stinger i'd say didn't feel real good and he's like hey i've got a mad stinger down my body after doing that um you know it doesn't feel real great and they're like don't move we'll we'll cut we'll strap you down and we'll get this all checked out make sure you're all good um Mm. by both account by accounts for both of them they've been checked afterwards and are are both okay and are going to be okay going forward um with no major damage which is of course excellent but it's a bit scary and it just puts another focus like um, two within two days, uh, having you know very similar circumstances, very similar uh, breaks in the games, as Pep said, uh, mm-hmm. and to be strapped down, carted off, rushed away in ambulances, you know, uh, it does bring home that hey, this is one of the the most dangerous and gladiatorial sports out there. So. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, no, I remember watching the replay of the this. Um... Seahawks Steelers game and when Daryl Taylor went down I immediately just thought oh no like you think um, a few years back with Ryan Chazier and exactly. I immediately thought it was like something had happened to a Steelers player I'm like not again but um, I mean it was Daryl Taylor and still not the situation you want to be in but um, yeah both teams got around him and yeah Steelers definitely uh, know what's up with that sort of injury and um, helped take every precaution with that which was really good to see and um, yeah, good to see that um, both guys got out of there um, relatively safe. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Moving forward, um, we have seen uh, an assistant uh, anti-vax coach uh, getting fired earlier in the year. That was a Minnesota Vikings bloke, but we've seen the first head coach lose his job due to being an anti-vaxxer. Washington State's uh, head coach, Nick Rolovich uh, has copped the axe for his anti-vax uh, stance. Sean, did you read much about this? What did you say? Yeah, well, I think it's uh, first of setting a precedent, I think is kind of what we're talking about here. Um, he, Nick very much was trying to get a religious exemption for um, not not needing to get the vaccination, but uh, that I don't believe cleared with the NCAA. So um, the 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 
Washington State football program basically had to make a decision of what they're going to do. And, um, you know, he's, and this is kind of the circumstance, which I think uh, not just within football, within sports, probably within life um, going forward with work. Um, if, you know, this sentiment is put in there compulsory and you're, re- you're refusing, um, if you can't get that exemption, then essentially you're picking your beliefs over um, your job at this point. And this kind of, kind of has come through that way. And yeah, Nick has, Nick has been unfortunately been on the receiving end as one of the first of more of a high profiled position to um, get the ax uh, because of his anti-vax stance. Yeah, we, we mentioned, uh, or I mentioned uh, Kyrie Irving earlier in the show. You know, it's always, I don't know, I'm obviously very pro-vaccine. Everyone here is all vaccinated. But, uh, you know, you, you can have a bit of a laugh sometimes about it. But it does, it's just, it is a weird precedent, I think, as well, uh, saying that, you know, that's it. You've got to be vaccine or, or out the door. Uh, whether whether or not in sports that you know, that could be a whole podcast uh, with well, much smarter people. Wait till we get to talk about the AFL, you know. Yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, that's something that's coming in. It, it is a weird uh, time that we live in uh, where where someone's views around this uh, can cost them a job. Um, but, yeah, it, it'll be interesting. And I, I can't imagine that this is the first instance uh, that we'll see in the college game uh, of of you know, a quite prominent person losing their job or, you know, we like to talk about all sports. So I think we'll see a few of these uh, moving forward. So, yeah, and you, you did mention precedent there. So I think um, it looks like uh, Nick is going to uh, sue um, Washington State, discriminatory and vindictive behaviour. Um, so, yeah, I mean, and like taking it outside of the sports podcast as well, this affects everyone everywhere, really, this sort of behaviour. Yeah. Um, on both sides of the argument for the vaccine. Um, so, yeah, definitely something probably to, to keep our eyes on um, outside of the sporting world, but, yeah, huge ramifications um, across all sports codes as well. Yep. I did forget we were talking about an American, so, uh, of course, <laughs> that's, that's the only uh, reasonable way to go about things. Uh, you probably don't see it as much here uh, in Australia. Anyways... News aside, boys, we had an, another awesome week six in the NFL. Monday night football, crazy, uh, with with the Titans knocking off the Bills. Uh, we saw a few overtime games, uh, a couple of upsets. Uh, this weekend, it kind of shapes up a little bit different because there's a few games where there are some heavy favourites, especially in the late Sunday games. There could be a few bloodbaths coming up. And uh, a, a few of the uh, NFL podcasts that I like to listen to have uh, have referred to it as Biomageddon. Uh, there's a lot of teams on by this week where... Uh, big teams too. Yeah, big teams. Uh, let, uh, let's run through it now. So the Bills, uh, they're, they're on a buy, um, and, and they got done by, by the King Henry. He, he's unbelievable. We'll get to him in a sec. The Cowboys, they're 5-1. and one. They're on a bye. Trevon Diggs has seven intercepts. Uh, the Bolts, uh, I don't know about, about I your... I forgot about Diggs' two touchdowns before we move on. Uh, he's got the same amount of touchdowns as his brother does. As so. his brother, yeah, which is pretty, pretty wild, pretty wild. Uh, and I think the most ever I was reading is uh, Dick the Night Train Lane, 14 intercepts in a season. Uh, look, he's on, tra- on track to, to beat that. It would be remarkable if he did. 
but we might see some kind of modern era record at least uh, in in terms of the most intercepts in a year. Uh, the Bolts uh, they they had a, a, a big time flogging at the hands of the Ravens. We saw a lot of back and forth in our group chat. Uh, between our resident Ravens fan and our resident Chargers fan. Sean, I wanted to ask you what was going through your head with uh, the, the title around the video last week. Are the Chargers the best team in football? It seems they're not. Yeah. Well, I asked that as a question, and <laughs> they, they had to go out. It wasn't a statement. So if it had been the Chargers are the best team in football, full stop, yeah. then then we could work it up. But the question mark left it open. Exactly. And, you know, charges were on the ascendancy. So that was the question was, hey, if they go out here and um, do what the Ravens did to them, then you got to start asking questions like maybe they are. But as you said, they shit the bed. And we're now here where we're talking about, hey, uh, no, the Chargers are not the best team in the AFC or in the in football at the moment. They were looking good and then they played pretty terrible to very bad uh, against the Ravens. So, yeah, out of that conversation for now. Indeed. The other teams to be on buys this week, uh, the Vikings, they're 3-3. Three and three. The Steelers are also 3-3. Three and three. And the Jags, they got off the donut. They broke their 20-game losing streak, uh, which was the second longest in NFL history. And for once, we didn't put on a fucking curse. We all we all tipped the Jags, and they done us proud in that uh, late late field goal there over in London. So they're the teams on buys this week. Uh, it, it, look, the Jags, I suppose, uh, James Robinson is big for fantasy implications. Uh, the Steelers, maybe uh, Chase Claypool, Najee Harris, of course. Uh, but then the other four teams, are, are, are a number of guys uh, in, in fantasy that will be uh, missing this week. Yeah, big time. So tomorrow, your team, Denver Broncos, Cleveland Browns, they're both coming off losing streaks. Uh, Denver, they won out and they won their first three games. Everyone thought, oh, maybe it's Denver's year. And then we realised it was against the Giants, the Jags and the Jets. They've now lost three to the Ravens, the Steelers and the Raiders. Sean, uh, did you catch much of the game and what did you take out of it in the loss to the Raiders? Of course I did. And before we talk about Denver football, of course, i got to open another drink. So. <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, I've got something there? Concerns. I've got some <laughs> concerns. I don't think uh, you'd be holding back too much here. What What did you think? Uh, well, I've, I said it in the last two weeks, you know, I've got real concerns we won't win a game in the next eight weeks in the next two months. Mm. Uh, we're currently on track, unfortunately. Um, <laughs> yeah. Fuck, I can't even remember who we lost to last week. The Raiders. Raiders come Raiders come off like they come in to my high with no head coach um, off the week that they had and um, they absolutely pantsed us, you know. Yeah. I th- and I think I, I said it as well, like the team's just doesn't look prepared, which was kind of my issue. And now we come up against a Browns team. Well what what do we have? We had we had Steelers that were all banged up and Roethlisberger's cooked. They can't they can't you know pass the ball deep and score points. What do they do? They pass the ball deep and score points on us. Yeah. Uh, yeah, no, no Gruden, no head coach. They're going to come in like struggling. The Raiders, what do they go out to? They they beat the pants off us. Mm. Now we've got Browns. No, no, no Mayfield. He's out injured. We've got yeah. Case Keenum, who I shouted a beer out at the start. No Chubb. <laughs> no, no um, Hunt no, either. No uh, Chubb. Landry. Uh, Odell yeah. Beckham. There's a question mark around. Yeah. Banged up. Their um, secondary's banged up. 
their defensive line, of course, was excellent. Um, their defense has been struggling. That They got put to the sword a bit by the cards last week um, because of that. Uh, but having said all that, you know, Denver should potentially be competitive in this, um, could even win this football game. Uh, but if history, if you follow the history of the last three weeks, um, then no, they'll come out of this game under prepare, get get shit pumped, and Fangio will get fired on Saturday. So <laughs> that's the Saturday our time, so Friday morning in the states. So that's what I think is going to come out of this. So, as a fan, what are your thoughts around uh, Fangio? I look, I don't think he's done too much wrong. Uh, well, I think I said it last week. He, he's a defensive. You know, minded coach. He yeah. calls defensive plays. He runs that defense, uh, and that defense has been shit pumps, letting deep balls through. And yeah. you know, they've got the highest paid secondary in the league, um, and they're letting guys get behind them. Uh, there's obviously a um, a conflict of strategy, whatever there. And the offense um, through second and third quarters can't do anything. They've yeah. the high, I think they've got the highest third down, worst third down conversion rate in the league. Mm. Um, so you know they're they're really struggling coaching wise. So there potentially could be changes coming there if they don't get a win um, against the banged up uh, Browns team. Of course, the Broncos are banged up. We had two rookie um, inside linebackers starting for us in the Raiders in the end of that game. Um, mm. Lost Alex Johnson to a torn peck uh, or don't have Jewel. Um, Browning, uh, Aaron Browning, who was a say third round pick this year. Had a concussion, probably not going to pay. So they got a fifth round pick, and I think an undrafted guy playing inside linebacker for us. And they just ran all, Raiders ran all over us in the, in the fourth quarter to make sure they got that game. So we walk into a Browns team that likes to run without their two running backs. Um, without uh, everyone. If, if yeah. there's any game to, to bounce back, it's, <laughs> it's facing this Cleveland team who has just been absolutely decimated. Yeah. I'd like to know your tip. Do you think, can they go to Cleveland and beat this team without arguably their three best players or maybe five best players? Uh, I went 50-50 and I did pick uh, the Broncos in this because they, they should win this game like with all those reasons you just listed. Um, I just think you know, following history, they'll they'll start off slow in the first quarter and get shit pumped in the second, or third quarter, and try to chase in the fourth and get some garbage points. Um, so I can see it going either way, but I, you know, you couldn't be confident going into Cleveland into the dog pound and mm. getting a win coming off the three weeks that they've had. Um, Teddy, Teddy, two gloves um, through three picks, of course, uh, and also got hit seventeen times like the Iowa. Seventeen. Yeah, he he hobbled off the 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 stage after the press conference because he was he was yeah. banged up. So trying to play, um, I'd expect Drew Locke's probably going to play after the first quarter because I don't think Teddy's going to last very long. Uh, Miles Garrett I think leads the league in sacks currently. Um, so yeah, again, it all leads to Denver potentially winning this game. They're probably not. So don't back what I'm saying. Miles will have odds to, odds to back it up. Uh, if anything, if they he. he Here's, what, here's a bet. If uh, if you can bet on head coaches getting fired, um, if Denver loses this game, Fangio is done within a week. That's what I think. I am I'm I'm less confident on Denver winning this game, but I'm more confident on Fangio keeping his job. I think a lot of it has been un, unforeseen circumstances, but I'm, I'm going the Browns here. I still think that defense at home in the dog pound. Uh, might be able to get this done uh, with with uh, the replacements, if you will, the Keanu Reeve 
Led offense coming in here uh, to to, look if they if they don't turn the ball over, I think their defense is good enough to hold up and get a win here. Yeah, and everyone forgets that Chase um, Keenum's coming in here for a revenge game. Uh, Last last time he played for Denver, he was overthrowing um, DT for a touchdown to win a game and take us to the finals um, over the Chiefs, I believe. But anyway. An, an absolute journeyman, Case Keenum. I, I had a little look. Uh, I've kind of forgotten how many teams he's played for. It's about six, I think. Uh, had times uh, with the Rams, the Vikings, the Broncos, uh, maybe a few more than that, uh, but an absolute journeyman. Anyways, Monks, if you wouldn't mind uh, the odds for this game and your tip, uh, it will be the deciding tip. Yep. Um, yeah, so so no markets at the moment for Fangio getting fired, but um, we'll keep a close eye on that. <laughs> that might be a call-up bet, that one. <laughs> yeah, that's it, that's it. Um, no, yeah, I've gone Browns as well um, at home. Um, even with the lineup they've got, um, I think they'll still just edge the win there. Um, the bookies reckon the same as well. They are favourites at $1.79. Um, Broncos are out at two dollars and three cents, so still, again, not a huge too confident. Probably under. Yep, and uh, we've got a line of forty and a half. Sorry, no. Under total match points, forty and a half. Um, and because I said it, the line is two. Yeah, you probably or you probably wouldn't be touching that line. I I don't mind the overs there. Uh, obviously. Low in the NFL. Yeah, 40 is low, and they're mm. obviously taking into account that this is a backup uh, offense for, for But uh, 40 is very low. Alas, let's move forward. Uh, a bunch of interesting games Sunday, uh, the early window, and possibly the most interesting is this AFC uh, North matchup between the four and two Bengals and the five and one Ravens. Uh, the Bengals obviously got the job done quite comfortably against the Lions. Did you boys see they had uh, Jamar Chase uh, all mic'd up uh, for him catching passes from Joe Burrow? And Burrow goes to him. He actually underthrew him a little bit on this as well, I think. Uh, You see that big blue thing over there? That's the end zone. And uh, Jamar was giving him a little bit back. Obviously, uh, ex-college teammates at LSU. And speaking of, Joe Mixon has been firing. Uh, This Bengals team, boys... They're four and two. Do we think they're a playoff team at the moment? Uh, they might go into the playoffs, but defensively, I don't think they're going to go very far. They're, they're probably a year away of adding defensive talent and maybe one or two pieces. And then I think they're going to be, yeah, they're going to be scary. Like Lamar's added an extra dimension to him, and he's an excellent team player. I think, was it Cream Hunt that had that run? And then Chase came over from the other side and blocked the safety, like laid him out so that Hunt would would get in there for the touchdown. Um, so uh, it wouldn't be Kareem Hunt because he plays for the Cleveland oh, Browns. I'm confusing orange teams. My bad. Uh, <laughs> it wasn't. It wasn't Mixon either. Uh, it was. Fuck. Couldn't tell off the top of my head. Chris Evans, the backup. Maybe. But either way, the point was the, the um, Chase is getting across there to uh, you know put on big blocks. Um, you know, to get guys in, the, you know, playing the team team sport side of it. You mm. see plenty of receivers, um, especially on run plays, uh, doing the bare minimum while they get ready for the next play. <laughs> mm. 
What about the Ravens, boys? They're five and one. They are, uh, by record, the best team in the AFC. Uh, an interesting uh, little tidbit from last week. They had three uh, rushing touchdowns, and the guys that ran in, Latavius Murray, Le'Veon Bell, Devonta Freeman, have all been an afterthought, I guess, in the last few years in the league, but they're all former pro bowlers. Um then there is a log jam after them in the AFC, obviously with the Bills losing. What do we think is going to be the result of this game? That I imagine the Ravens are probably heavy favourites, but I, I'd imagine it'll be close. I'm going the Baltimore Ravens, uh, but I wouldn't I wouldn't be – look, they dismantled, they dismantled the Chargers last week, but I wouldn't be super surprised if the Bengals can keep in touch. What do we reckon? Yeah, and that's, my concern always with the Ravens were the, where their defense is currently. Um, and going into that Chargers game, that was my concern. But then they went out there and shit pumped them. So um, I think the Bengals are a worse team than what the Chargers are. So I think the Ravens, I picked the Ravens. I think the Ravens can get it done here and keep going, keep rolling. Uh, Rashad Bateman back for them. Slow start, of course, in his first game back, but he looks like a talent, uh, another weapon. I think Sammy Watkins might be hurt though, so you know, bit of straight replacement there. Yeah, uh, but they're they're a good team. They got they got an MVP playing quarterback for them, so they're they're going to be in games. And with the culture, the 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 mindset that the Ravens play football with, that John um, Harbaugh gets them to play, like they're always going to be playoff bound. I reckon they 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 definitely have that that feeling about them. They're always that team that's going to be there and thereabouts, and they're putting together another excellent season. Um, need to run towards that that playoff in, in that Super Bowl. Monks? Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, you guys pretty much said it all. Um, to that, I have also gone the Ravens. Um, they are favourites $1.35. Bengals are out at $3.20. Um, so it's looking like some of the shorter odds for the week. Um, and we've got total match points of 47. I wouldn't be surprised if we, if we go over. I, I think this yeah, might be a little bit of a shootout. The Bengals' defense has been uh, lackluster, but that young offense is starting to get there. Um, yeah, I'd be tempted to go over there. But three Ravens uh, tips here. Uh, moving forward, we've got the Panthers going uh, to East Rutherford to take on the Giants. Uh, the Panthers, much like uh, the Broncos, started off a 3-0 and and then have lost... Uh, three since then, and also uh, a bit like the Broncos, maybe the teams that they beat to get to 3-0 and weren't that impressive. The Jets and Texans were two of them, and the Saints, who, uh, you know, maybe a, a, a reasonable side, but uh, definitely... Not old at the moment. Yeah, there were definitely two easy wins there. Um, they, they only just lost last week against the Vikings, uh, it was a wild finish to this one. It was uh, I was up early here in Australia, uh, and it was it was ran much later than any of the other early window games. Uh, we saw a wild final drive. Sam Donald had the boys driving down the field. They got a two point conversion to force overtime, and then the defense just couldn't get a stop, and the Vikes got the win there. Uh, Christian McCaffrey, he got moved to injured reserve this week, so this hamstring injury seems to be a little bit more serious than first thought. Uh, I mean, uh, the man with the best name in the NFL, Truba Hubbard, uh, going to be uh, rolling through and uh, taking the bulk of the carries uh, for the Panthers. 
The Giants, on the other hand, they got dismantled by the Rams. They are banged up. Danny Dimes played his worst game of the season uh, so far. Uh, Saquon, I imagine, is no bueno for this week. Uh, and Kadarius Tony, who showed a little bit uh, a week ago, he had three catches on the opening drive and then suffered uh, an ankle injury, I believe. Do we have any news on Kadarius Tony? I think that the only start, the only starting skill guy out of their offense is Sterling Shepard that's left. Everyone else uh, is, is banged up. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and from what I can find, they're not planning to put him onto injured reserve, so they're talking about whether they'd go or not. So I don't mm-hmm. think he'd play this week if that is the case. So possibly uh, a more serious ankle sprain, uh, but not enough to warrant injured reserve. Boys, what do we reckon here? It's I'd be look. You can't rule out. You can't rule out the Giants, uh, but I imagine it's three Panthers. Yeah, Panthers. I'd be actually now. That I think about it. Uh, yeah. Stephen Gilmore might play this week. Yeah, that that'd be interesting. Uh, obviously, they picked him up cheap, a sixth round pick uh, for the former defensive player uh, of the year. Uh, yeah, you'd imagine Steph Gilmore wouldn't be far off. He's in practice, but can't tell. Can't say they've they've they're easing him back into practice, but whether he'll play or not on this one, I don't know. They might practice. They might, so, they might say the Giants have got fuck all receivers. Uh, Monkey's actually lining up uh, in the slot for the Giants this week. Uh, so <laughs> have a week off, Steph, and uh, and we'll see you next week. Yeah, he's still on the yeah. PUP, so he hasn't come off that yet. So I don't think he's only back into training, but he hasn't officially been added to the roster. I don't think. Three Panthers for mine. Yeah, What's yeah, three, three, yeah, three Panthers there. Um, they are favourites at dollar sixty-three. Uh, the Giants are out at two dollars thirty at the moment, and we've got a line of forty-three. I tell you what, a dollar sixty-three is a little bit better value than I had expected. Obviously, coming off that three-game losing streak, I just don't see mm. how the Giants can do it the, with the amount of injuries that they've had. Uh, and 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 Danny Dimes took some some licks the last few weeks as well. Who knows how he's going to uh, pull up? A dollar sixty there seems pretty juicy for me. Yep. Mm. So that leads into probably another awesome AFC matchup, and that's with the Kansas City Chiefs taking on the Tennessee Titans. Three three four two there. Uh, Chiefs of course were too good for the Washington Football Team in the second half. They did have to come back in that game, I think, a little bit. Yeah, they um, did. Darren Williams uh, also uh, looking like a very good fantasy option for those out there um, over CEH um, because uh, he, of course, is on injury reserve, I believe. I think he's going to miss um, quite a while. Uh, did get two tatters in here. He, of course, gets the, the goal line work. And an interesting kind of fact um, throughout uh, CEH's career, uh, he hasn't scored as many points fantasy-wise as Darren Williams did last week. So, um, one game, yeah. One game. Yeah. So, yeah. Look, CEH is a bit of an enigma. He's got all the talent in the world. He's in that Andy Reid run offense. You'd expect him to just be putting up bulk numbers each week. I don't know if it's just he's maybe a little bit undersized. They don't favor him around the, the goal line, uh, whereas Darrell Williams has got that slightly bigger body. Uh, I, I think that Darrell Williams is a more fantasy relevant 
uh, running back at the Chiefs than than uh, Clyde Edwards-Helaire is. Um, we, we did we did mention uh, the, the game last week against the football team. The Chiefs just did not look like themselves in that first half, and in that second half, they look like the fucking Chiefs. Uh, so it'd be interesting to see which which team rocks up this weekend. And then the Titans uh, coming off a huge upset uh, against the Bills on Monday Night Football. Another awesome Monday Night Football game. And Derek Henry, uh, he's the kid. He, he's the kid. He, he's king by, na- king by nature. We were having a chat in our NFL group chat this week. He's $31 at the moment to be the MVP uh, of the NFL. That is mind-boggling to me. Look, we're seeing some awesome, awesome play from the likes of Kyler Murray, from the likes of Dak Prescott, from the likes of Josh Allen. Uh, but when you think about the most valuable player, you have to take into consideration the most valuable to their team. And Derek Henry, he, he just does things that other people can't do. He's a 250-pound, four running back. He should be playing outside linebacker. <laughs> and he runs faster than anyone else. And everyone knows the, the, the big stiff arm from last year where, where it was on Josh Norman, a former Pro Bowl corner. This week, he's, he's done the same stiff arm to Mario Addison, a defensive end. He's, he's, he's put in defensive ends three yards back, boys. He's, he's just built different in, for mine. Through the first six weeks of the NFL, he's my MVP. It'll be interesting to see if he can keep it up. I think he's he's got mm. ten rushing touchdowns. Uh, yep. He's he's I think he's had one game where he's had less than a hundred rushing yards. Yeah. Is he at two K yet, Mugs? Pretty much. <laughs> <laughs> no, not yet. He's he's sitting at uh, seven hundred eighty-three. Um, Nick Chubb is um, second there at. Uh, 523, so he's he's almost two games ahead now. Um, Chubb missed, missed last week. So he, yeah, he did. Um, this week, so Chubb's banged up. But, yeah, yeah. Henry's well, even, so clear. He, that's it, even he, still. As you said, averaging over 100 a game. So Yeah, 100, post, 130 a game. His post-contact, if I, I know I, I said it last week, but I'll reiterate mm. it. His post-contact yards, if they were a running back, would be third in the NFL. Post contact, he's it's unbelievable. I was actually I was showing my wife uh, some videos of him working out with his shirt off uh, during the week, and uh, no, 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 she was less interested than I was, and (laughs) uh, and I was just thinking, you know, there's a lot of chatter around government surveillance and uh, what's going on uh, with what you're watching on your phone. And uh, I think that a lot of the, the, the videos that I seem to be uh, elite athletes working out with their shirt off. Uh, so, look, nothing wrong with that. But uh, <laughs> if the government is watching, just don't want them to get the wrong idea. <laughs> <laughs> so if we roll back to this game, um, my concerns still with the Chiefs are their defense. They're just not at the level they have been in the past and their offensive mm-hmm. line still mm-hmm. struggling, uh, which doesn't bowl overly well coming up against the Titans. Uh, wouldn't surprise me if Derrick Henry, again, gets 30 touches and 200-plus yards as he runs all over the Chiefs' defense. Mm. Would that be enough to score enough points? Hard to say. This, this, this could be a high-scoring one. Um, but I think – what did I pick? I picked Kansas. I did pick Kansas City Chiefs. 
Well, I'm I'm being a pussy here too. I'm going to go Kansas City. I, I think the the Mahomes factor in their offense, but look, I've, we've I've just been pumping up the the tires of in my mind the best player in the NFL. Uh, it wouldn't surprise me if they just go say, hey, uh, King, here's here's 35 carries. Here's the Rock. Uh, go run for 150 on this pretty ordinary defense and get us another home win. Yeah. Well, the question is, can can Henry put up 40 points um, to to battle that Mahomes-led offense over there? And I t- and I tell you what, when they don't run the ball, the passing game looks pretty so-so. Uh, they got AJ Brown going and- a, li- a little bit in the second half. Julio Jones had that free it. That was a Madden catch, you know, Off one of those. Yeah, Madden glitches where you're just going, it's normally the computer doing it against you. You're just going, what the fuck? That, that's not a real catch. Um, Julio had that ridiculous sideline catch. Uh, but when when they when they go to throw the ball, they don't look that impressive. Yeah, hard one to pick. I'm going the Chiefs. Monks? And just to finish that off, because Julio did injure his hamstring again in that game, and AJ Brown... Um, did finish uh, a yeah AJ Brown I said right uh, did yep. finish that game but both didn't practice um, Wednesday whether that's rest day for both of them uh, but they are banged up so they are very much relying on uh, Henry at the moment mm-hmm. um, I actually reckon the Titans are probably going to be favourites in this but I'd be interested to see what the odds are Mums mm, um, oh yeah just get straight into it so Chiefs. I've gone Chiefs. Uh, Chiefs are favourites, a dollar forty-three. Titans are out at two dollars eighty-six. Yeah. And if, um, if you want a good bet, the Titans there. That's a good bet. <laughs> what's, well, uh, what's the line and what's the overs? Because yeah, yeah. Titans with a line and overs seems interesting. Yeah. yeah. If over, if well, if total match points isn't eighty, I'm definitely taking it. <laughs> <laughs> okay, total match points is seventy-eight. Sean is taking it. That's it, yeah. Um, well, um, yeah, I mean, we've just put the, the – no, wait, did we put the curse on them? Yeah, we all picked the Chiefs. We yeah, all we picked, picked, the we'll picked so, Chiefs. So, yeah, we just put uh, the curse on the Chiefs. And, and we missed. <laughs> That's it. Um, so, total match points, 57 and a half. And it's a lot. It's a lot, but this could be a 40-40 kind of game. Like That's yeah. that's yeah. what you think it'll be with – the Titans will be able to score points in this Chiefs defense and Mahomes will have to chase. And what, yeah. what did that Bills-Tennessee game do? That did 70-plus, so... Yeah, yeah. yeah. I took an alternate line on that. I was a bit scared because it was about 50, so I took an alternate and it was like 44, and I had it like uh, at the start of the third quarter. So I was going, yeah, baby, let's go. <laughs> Obviously lost the multi, but I uh, got that leg. <laughs> That's, yeah. yeah. Um, and, yeah, the line on this one, uh, you mentioned that um, you reckon they'll score 40, 40 each. Um, the line is... Four and a half, so um, yeah, pretty close to going uh, tap for tap for score. What were the Chiefs? Were they a dollar forty? Did you say dollar forty-three? That's ridiculous. That's <laughs> from from the football that we've seen. That makes no sense. So I don't mind having them slight favourites, uh, yeah. but a dollar forty-three, no bueno. Yeah. I tell you, it should be a dollar forty-three or shorter. Is uh, <laughs> the Green Bay Packers? Uh, they they have the Washington football team at home at Lambeau. The football team we did mention started well against the Chiefs. They didn't score in the second half, and their defense is the worst defense in football. Boys, they've conceded the most points through six rounds. They were highly touted coming into the season. They're not living up to the expectation. 
and on offense, they've been so-so. Sean, you own Antonio Gibson in fantasy. Did he go out in this game? And do we know that uh, his status moving forward? He's, he has been playing, but he's playing through shin fractures. So uh, He's got fractured shin. Okay. Yeah, so, uh, yeah, exactly. So he was like, holy fuck, why are we playing through a fractured shin? <laughs> he's been doing that for two weeks. Um, but I think they had a further MRI on uh, that shin this week. Um, no f- results. They haven't explained what came out of that or not. Um, hasn't been training during the week. I think the question is, has those fractures been getting worse? They obviously must be just like small stress stress fractures, which they can monitor and play through. But they're yeah, if it flares up or it gets worse, then, of course, he then sits out. So um, I don't think it matters in this because you use a game script with the Washington football team. Um, they will go to JD because uh, they're going to pass the ball more and he's he's their preferred receiving back. Uh, and considering the Packers will probably score 20 points on them in the first quarter, they will be chasing uh, most of this match. So uh, I wouldn't think um, Gibson's going to get much game time, if any at all, uh, for this one with the way this game is probably going to go. Um, they'll probably shut him down. It wouldn't surprise me and rest him up uh, for the following week. Because uh, as you said, the Packers on the roll at the moment, one five straight. Um, mm. I think they're going to come in here and uh, pump the Washington football team. Yeah, I'd expect so. I am a Packers fan. Uh, looked less than convincing, I suppose, at Soldier Field in the uh, Aaron Rodgers uh, taunting the crowd game. Uh, a little bit of an Andy Reid play, which was interesting. Uh, the little shovel pass for an Alan Lazard touchdown. And the backfield is is interesting as well in that A.J. Dillon is really uh, starting to take a big role in terms of carries. Uh Fantasy relevance mm, on the cusp, but not quite there. Uh, and I said to you boys during the week, uh, I know he didn't he didn't have a massive game last week, but Devontae Adams for mine is hands down the best receiver in the league. There was a play where they hit him on a on a corner out. The safety had an open look at him, like could have sent him, you know, in, like in three rows back, he could have sent him. And he he, take, he takes the ball, can barely look at the safety, shrugs him off and ran it to the house. Unfortunately, there was just a nick of paint on his boot uh, that, that brought him back about 30 yards there. He's a weapon. Uh, the pack are rolling, and I think they go to 6-1 and one pretty convincingly. So you're saying he's the reason why I lost fantasy this week? <laughs> Not scoring that touchdown. <laughs> well, look, there's a lot of shoulda, woulda, coulda involved in uh, fantasy or in gambling or in life. Um, but there was uh, a few blades of grass which perhaps robbed you of nine points there, I would say. <laughs> I'll, let's call it a touchdown in 30 yards. Yeah. That's no, all good. <laughs> <laughs> And I don't think we need to get too stuck into best receivers in the NFL again, but uh, maybe John Dre Hopkins will enter the chat at some point because um, he's been playing pretty well over there, uh, for the Cards. Second best receiver in the league. Considering he's banged up, but hey, um, you know, of course I'm going to back back my lad uh, a little bit with that as well. Had a pretty uh, good game himself, and we'll, we'll get to that in a sec. Uh, Mark, give us some odds quickly. Um, Pack should be very short, as Pep said before. Yeah, that's it. So three packs here. They are favourites at dollar twenty-five. Uh, Washington football team is out at four dollars. 
Uh, and we've got total match points of 49 and a half. Yeah, possibly a little high for my liking there. But uh, look, Packers fan, dollar 25, I think that's safe as a house. A game that will probably roll through pretty quick. Uh, the Falcons take on the Dolphins. The Falcons coming off the bye. Not much to report there. Uh, and the Finns, probably the big news uh, we've already spoken about is them trying to get after Deshaun Watson. Uh, they're coming off a loss to the Jags in London. And Miles Gaskin, uh, he'd been my boy last year in fantasy. Uh, and I turfed him earlier this year because I'd had, I'd had enough. I actually traded him for Rondale Moore and then got rid of Rondale Moore the next week. He went absolutely bonkers a week ago against the Bucks. I think he caught 10 passes. He had 30 fantasy points. And then this week, I think he had five rushes for nine yards and maybe a reception. Uh, so very hard to get around Miles Gaskin there. Mind you, Tua Tungavailoa looked pretty good. Mike Gusecki, Jalen Waddle getting involved. I think Waddle had two touchdowns. And we're going to talk about him again. This fucking dickhead Jarbo, he's made another appearance. I don't know. <laughs> game, yeah, the, the Jax Dolphins game was in... In England. We should have expected this, honestly. You should have thought about this. It hadn't crossed my mind. I was thinking, you know, we probably talk too much about him, old Java. I wonder where he, you know, the, obviously the, the media exposure and the YouTube views is getting him to pay off these fines, but the bloke has got to be the slipperiest fucking bloke in the UK because he keeps doing it and, he, and he's getting away with it. Yeah, well, did you see him? I think he was, gates. like, shaking hands with the refs and the other players because I, I think it must have been before the game it actually kicked off. Um, but, but they seemed pretty pretty cool and calm about it before the security guard walked out and said, come on, Java, we're going back over here. Um, Fucking you know, Java. <laughs> old, old mate Paddy at the start of the show getting booted from uh, from Watford for, for fuck all and Java just running around doing what he wants. <laughs> That's yeah. it. Perhaps who did you pick in this game? Falcons, Dolphins. I have gone the Falcons. I think the Dolphins are in all sorts. I don't think the Falcons are a very good football team, uh, but I, I just nothing about Miami uh, comes to me uh, about a productive, functional football team at the moment. Atlanta for me. Yeah. I've gone the flip and I've picked the Finns. Uh, okay. Based on the Deshaun Watson news, I think Tua is going to come out and have a game. That's my hope. I like it, Musk. Uh, a deciding uh, tip here, uh, which might be a little bit unusual this week, uh, looking at the games to come uh, forward. Uh, your tip and the odds, please. Yeah, look, um, back to I tried tipping a few underdogs last week and nothing went my way. So I've I've gone um, city route and backed the Falcons in um, as favourites, sitting at a dollar seventy four. Um, that being said, Dolphins are only out at $2.10, so um, still going to be very close. And we've got a total match point of 47. Don't like the overs there, and that's a little bit more value, I would have thought, on Atlanta. But, uh, look, we've got we've got some awesome matchups in the in the early window. You know, Chiefs and Titans and, uh, and Ravens and Bengals, I can't imagine this game, uh, you know, really plays too much into our interest. And speaking of... Yeah, uh, in the next one. <laughs> yes, the Jets take on the Patriots. The Jets are coming off the bye. They're one and four. And hats off to the Pats. 
They're they're two and four, but I think they've been better than that record suggests. They've pushed some teams. They've yeah. pushed some teams. They pushed yeah, in Dallas uh, to overtime. Uh, Sean, you you were very big on Matt Jones at the start of the year. He's looking like uh, probably the best uh, of the quarterbacks so far. Yeah, if 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 Lamar Chase wasn't a thing, he'd be defensive, not defensive, offensive rookie of the year, I reckon. But um, as if you're going to pick up one of the quarterbacks, and he's the the one playing the best at the moment. Definitely, but, yeah, Lamar Chase. I think they've got that reward sewn up after seven weeks already. If he can continue his current form, um, he's he will well he'll dominate with his his stats um, if he continues his form towards the end of the year. Agreed, agreed, agreed. Uh, with the Pats, Damien Harris, he was a question mark going into the game and actually ran for 101 yards and a touchdown. Uh, and, and we look, we did mention earlier that the Cowboys have a bye this week, but how good was the finish? Uh, over time, C.D. Lamb goes in, gets gets sort of a little bit of a late nudge and then just 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 hops up, doesn't blow up, and just gives uh, the old Queen, Queen Elizabeth bye-bye. <laughs> Breaks the hearts of the Pats fans. I don't think that will be the case this week. I think the Pats win this one comfortably, and I believe in them so much. Uh, I have the Bills defense in fantasy. The Bills obviously have a buy. I picked up the Pats defense. Uh, I think they win this very easily. Yeah, I've picked Pats as well. I will say I think the Jets may start to turn the corner. I don't think they're going to win a lot of games, but I think they've been better. Uh, the, the start, I think they're starting to turn the corner a little bit to play better football. Um, don't think they'll win this game though. Um, they did these two played earlier in the season as well, and Pats won convincingly. So yeah, take that as it is. I think they picked off um, Wilson four times in there. So. Yeah, that was that was a game where where Zach Wilson threw four picks. Mm. Um, yeah, you stole the Pats defense off me there, Peps. I, I dropped him the other week to pick up the Jags defense, thinking that they would have a game over in London. Um, they had they, a game, but not the defense. They did okay. Um, yeah, again, should have, could have, would have with my fantasy team last weekend. Um, I went to try and pick him back up on waiver this week, and you'd already snuck in there. <laughs> um, but, I'm really slippery. you got to watch out. I'll, I'll, I'll go in there in the, in the dark of night. <laughs> I'm just picking out. Um, That's it. Yeah, it's no. Um, helping me too much. I'm three and three, to be honest. <laughs> hey, it could be on. You could be on the up and up with that Pat's defense. They've they've um, won me a couple games um, early on in the season. Um, with Bill Belichick, they're always bound to um, be able to score some points there. Um, oh, I'm still yeah. this game for fuck's sake. Give me some. <laughs> <laughs> I'm getting there. Um, <laughs> Pats are favourites at $1.29. Jets are out at $3.66, and the line is 42 and a half. Don't like any of it. Let's <laughs> move on. Uh, and I tell you what, boys, these Sunday late games, uh, the last few weeks have been awesome. There's only really one that stands out as as possibly being close. We'll get to that in a second. The 0-6 Lions take on the 5-1 Rams. Uh, the Lions look pretty ordinary against the Bengals last week. They haven't scored more than 17 points since the first week of the NFL. And the Rams uh, were rolling against the Giants. Uh, Cooper Cup had another big game. Matt Stafford looks good. Uh, I, the thing that I'm interested in here is the the line. Uh, how much head start do you give the Lions here? It may be in the 20s. Yeah, and... 
I agree with you, Peps. Rams will win this easy. Um, it is a revenge game for both quarterbacks, of course. Yeah. Uh, that, that's so that, that's I, an interesting point. The, yeah, the so that, versus Stafford. Yeah. So that's why I think the line, the Lions probably score some more points in this because I think Goff's going to probably have a game, but I think the Rams will win. Uh, wouldn't surprise me if it's like forty something to twenty something um, uh, final score in this. Uh, so potentially overs. Um, but yeah, I, I disagree. I don't. I don't see the Lions scoring twenty points against this Rams defense. I'd be surprised if they put up thirteen. Um, that's that's my uh, view on this one. I can't imagine our tips are any uh, interesting in this one. Uh, I'd imagine the whole world is tipping the Los Angeles Rams. Uh, possibly the line and the total match points might be a bit more interesting. Yep, so three Rams here. They are favourites at a dollar and eight cents. Um, oh, if you're feeling risky, the Lions are out at eight dollars. We have uh, sixty. <laughs> right, total, uh, yeah, Lions gonna be heaps. Um, no idea. Keep going. I think I'm gonna yeah I'm gonna back by my uh, initial statement. I think the line might be twenty. Twenty. Yeah. All right, we'll start with the line. Fifteen and a half. Give that to me all day, every day. Uh, yeah. Two touchdowns. Yeah, yeah 16. You know, two mm. touchdowns and a field goal from from what the Rams did the Giants last week. Look, the, I don't. Again, the Lions are 0 six, but I don't know if they're the worst team in football. They've, you know, had they had that. They're not, the, they're not the 0 and 16 Lions. Let's put it that way. No, they, they, they were game. very unlucky in the Justin Tucker longest field goal ever. Uh, I think they had an overtime loss uh, as well. Uh, but, yeah, this this one's yep. not too close. No. Yeah. Uh, and total match points, 50. Oh, yeah. You're back in the lines of score a few there. I don't know about that one. The possibly probably the most interesting game in terms of uh, competitiveness in the late window is uh, the Eagles and the Raiders. The two and four Eagles take on the four and two Raiders. Uh, the Eagles coming off that loss to the Bucks on Thursday Night Football, but they weren't embarrassed. Uh, they they had a little bit of a late uh, charge there. And, boys, we fucked up. We all uh, tipped the Broncos, I believe, last week. And what we forgot is when a coach gets fired, the team fucking fires up. And well, the Reds went out. I, and I don't know what you two were doing because I told you this. I said, you a coach, it's good for one win. I picked heart instead of head. So I don't know what you two were doing. Um, I don't know, mate. I was, I was pulling my dick. I do not know what I was doing. Uh, but the Raiders look very, very good. Uh, they scored 34 points last week against the Denver Broncos. Derek Carr just keeps rolling 341 yards, two touchdowns. They didn't turn the ball over. Uh, what do we see here? Because the Eagles' offense, to be honest, looks very, very ordinary. And the Raiders' offense looks very, very good. I just, I don't know. I, it's it's a little bit of a truck game. I've gone the Raiders, uh, but I'm I'm not super confident here. So based on the theory that I didn't follow last week, they got their win with their head coach fire, so they they're due for the loss in this one. Yeah. So like, hey, now now it's got to come in, and so now the reality set in. It was like, oh, we're you know we're gonna have new staff, new thingy, new whole well, whole new coaching staff. Everything's gonna change next year. You start thinking about it, and yeah, I'm going the Eagles here to win this. I like it. Monks, you've got a deciding tip. 
Yeah, very interesting. Um, I have, yeah, I've trusted, I guess, the process, the system as it is at the moment um, and have gone the Raiders. Um, yeah, I guess last week I sort of thought that, um, especially with Waller banged up and all the disruption during the week, they weren't going to fire off as much as possible. Um, but, yeah, so, that, yeah, favourites are $1.61, Eagles are out at $2.32. And we've got total match points of 49 and a half. A little bit high scoring for mine. Uh, I'm, I'm very unsure of this one. It's, it's really the only one in this late window that I'm not really sure which way it goes. Yeah, final night in this, of course, Zach Ertz was traded to the Cards. And we'll talk about the Cards in a minute. Yeah. Um, yep. Which yeah. probably means Dallas Goddard should get in there and get uh, some more match time and, and involvement in it. So it's quite I interesting that last... I believe still on the COVID list. I'm not sure if he's active this week, but yeah, you are right. Uh, Dallas got it. Uh, if, if anyone needs to pick up a tight end in their fantasy league, uh, should be uh, one to consider in the weeks coming. Uh, so let's just to confirm that point. Yes, he as of Wednesday, which is today uh, American time, he is still on the COVID list. He won't be, won't be far off. People don't stay uh, on that list for too long. Uh, the Bears take on the Bucks. Um, the Bears coming off an L. I don't think they were too bad against the Packers. Uh, their run forward, however, is very, very alarming. If uh, you're a fan of the Bears from the Windy City, uh, they have the Bucks this week. Then they've got the 49ers. They go to Pittsburgh, and then they've got Baltimore. Uh, so pretty tough run ahead. Khalil Herbert was pretty good in the absence of David Montgomery. We were just talking about COVID lists. Uh, is Damian Williams off uh, the COVID list? He's still on. Yep, still so on. Khalil Herbert, very fantasy uh, relevant there. Uh, and the Bucks, it's, it seems like a while since they've played uh, that Thursday night football game uh, in that win against the Eagles. They're five and one. Gronk may or may not be back this week. Uh, for mine, I don't know why you'd risk him. They probably can get away without Hasn't been practicing. So yeah, I think, like you say, alluding yeah. to right now, Peps is yeah. Uh, we don't need him currently. Let's rest him up and save him for playoff football when we're gonna need Gronk. They they've actually like I thought they really would have stomped on the Eagles. I think that game, uh, you know, the Brady returning to Foxborough game. I thought they would have really put their mark on. Look, they're five and one. They're they're the defending Super Bowl champs. They should win pretty easily. I, I just, for mine, some of their wins have been a little bit less convincing than uh, than I would have thought. But, uh, I, yeah, look, Brady's, Brady's playing out of his skin as a 44-year-old. Uh, playoff Lenny is, is regular season. Lenny now, he's, uh, he's, he's trucking it up very well. Uh, Monks, it's your team. Uh, did you catch that? Can I just make a point here? Monks also did fuck Richard Sermon last week. Give him the big shout out. And then he was like, he's been so good for us. He's actually really helped. Like, rah, rah, rah. And then goes out first quarter, um, does his hamstring. He's going to miss a couple of weeks. So uh, there you go. A bit of a curse from the Monks there. Yeah. Yes. Uh, the, the opinions of uh, someone on a podcast that barely anyone listens to in a different the other side of the world. Yeah. Why the soft tissue failed on the cornerback of uh, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. He put that juju in the world and that's what happens. <laughs> <laughs> that's true. So I'll go back to what I was saying I a couple back. of weeks ago. Um, and yeah, Sherman's going to be playing that mentor role. He won't really be too involved. Um, 
Yeah, no, it was close to a week ago now. So uh, my short-term memory, I don't remember too much from the game. Um, yeah, um, like I mentioned uh, last week in the podcast, the, there's a few, I guess, niggling injuries in the defense for the Bucks. Um and yeah, that that's probably why the game last week was a little bit closer than than we would have expected. Um, but yeah, I, similar situation. But I think they should yeah do much better against the Bears and the Eagles last week. I think Levante David's still injured mm. uh, for Tampa. Yeah, um, it's all good. Yeah, he's still his counterpart Devin White. He has got to be the best young inside linebacker in the league at the moment. He's going to come on leaps and bounds. He's very, very good to watch. Uh, so three bucks here. Uh, the the uh, odds and the total match points and the line might be more interesting ones. Line as well, yeah. So uh, yeah, bucks are favourites. A dollar thirteen. The Bears are out at $6.05. We've got total match points of 47 and a line of 12 and a half. Ooh, I don't mind the overs there, 47. Um, I suppose the question there is can this Bears offense score on the Bucks defense? Uh, but you, you can't imagine the Bucks score less than 30 in this one. Another game uh, on Sunday afternoon, which looks like it could get pretty ugly, is the 1-5 Texans taking on the undefeated Arizona Cardinals. The Texans were bad against the Colts last week. I actually took them with a 17-point line. That was an adjusted one, and uh, by about halftime, I knew I'd fucked up there. Um, The Cardinals, they're undefeated. Look, on paper, oh, well, via their record, they're the best team in the NFL. They were the underdogs against the Browns. Sean, you picked them, uh, but me and Monks went the Browns. I don't know why everyone kept sleeping on these cards. They're the, they're legit. What do we reckon? Yeah, well, they've got the best wide receiver on their team, so. <laughs> hey, uh, are you talking about AJ? Are you talking about AJ Green a few years ago? Yes, there's an argument. Talk about DeAndre Hopkins. There's an argument to be made there. You might want to go check uh, some stats, Peps, because I think there's only one dude on pace for Jerry Rice numbers at the moment. So, um, But, yeah, either way, uh, the, the Arizona Cardinals are a very good football team. We talked about how stacked they were coming into the season of how good their defense has been and, well, how good their defense could possibly be with all the additions they've made to that team. Um, we're kind of concerned about their corners, uh, but their secondaries are playing pretty well. They've got good talent all over the defense. JJ Watt's been great for them. Um, and then, yeah, their their offense has keep rolling. Jay, James Conner is playing a, playing a role. Um, role rotates in and out with Chase there, so mm. they're they're a good football team, and I think they're deservedly owed to be six and zero, and they should beat the Texans quite handily in this one. Yeah, we're talking. Let's just put it in the books. They're seven and zero, uh, and we're going to start seriously talking about them being uh, a Super Bowl, not maybe not a Super Bowl contender, maybe a Super Bowl favorite. Uh, let's let's start talking about Arizona seriously. Let's stop sleeping on them. They win this one comfortably. Uh, it'll obviously be three Cardinals tips. The under overs and the line will be more interesting, Matt. Yeah, yeah, definitely not sleeping on the cards this week. Uh, they are favourites, a dollar and six cents. The Texans are out at nine dollars <laughs> fifty. <laughs> um, so put everything on the cards on this one. Um, the total match points is 47 and a half, and the line is 17 and a half. It's a big line. That is a big line to cover. 
But uh, mm. that's what I gave. That's what I gave him against the Colts. And uh, this Cardinal seems a fair bit better than that. That's Speaking of the Colts, they take on the 49ers in a Sunday night football game, which is possibly a little bit underwhelming for prime time. Uh, the Colts were very good uh, against the Texans, as I mentioned. Jonathan Taylor has really hit his strides the last few weeks. Uh, he had 145 rushing yards and two touchdowns. And T.Y. Hilton, he was back. We haven't seen him this year. Uh, he had four catches for 80 yards. It's uncertain, though, if he will play this week. The 49ers are coming off a bye. Uh, interesting game here in that the Tennessee Titans seem to be the best team in the AFC South. The NFC West is stacked. Uh, these will be teams that are kind of nibbling, trying to sneak into the playoffs. So uh, a big matchup in, in terms of playoff ramifications. Uh, what do we think here, lads? I, I'm i not convinced on the 49ers. This is my upset of the week. I'm going the Colts. Yeah, I've also backed the Colts. And I'm just trying to actually confirm who the quarterback's going to be for, for the 49ers because it looks like Trey Lance is injured. Um, no, he's Jimmy got an knee sprain. I don't know who the third quarterback is. Yeah, Jimmy Jimmy G's back at training, but I'm not sure if he's ready or not. Um, if, if he is, it's going to be Jimmy G. Otherwise... Yeah, good question. Do they have Mullins still there? I think it's uh, Brucey off the longest yard. You just got to watch out if he's had too much popcorn. No, uh, you know that damn popcorn. The ball gets slippery. Uh, yeah, I'm considered that. I I thought it would have been either Jimmy G or Trey Lance um, going forward. And well, that backs up my tip, I guess. Uh, I don't I'll, have any other quarterbacks, so they don't. It's going to be one of those. I think Jimmy G is probably going to be the one to go, but who, who Jimmy G's backup is if Trey Lance can't go um, with his knee sprain would be quite interesting. But I do like where the Colts are, and I think I said it last week. Um, they're a team kind of starting to hit their mojo. They're getting their guys back healthy. Um, the defense looks like it's playing pretty good, um, starting to get there. Um, so, yeah, I've picked I've picked the Colts in this one. Miss Monkey, what's the odds? Interesting. You've all made very, very valid points. Um, that being said, I'm not. But they're wrong, the, and I'm picking the yeah, 49ers. <laughs> that's it. I'm not going to put the curse on the Colts. I'm hoping that the 49ers will come in. Uh, like I said at the top of um, the NFL segment, I tried to back a few upsets last week, and it did not pay off. So I'm just keeping it on the straight and narrow this week. They, 49ers are favourites at dollar 44. The Colts are out at two dollars 81. Um, so it's pretty good value for the Colts um, based on um, you guys' opinions. Um, total match points is 44.5, and, and we've got a line of 4.5. Yeah, probably yeah, touch not about. sure on any of that, to be honest. Um, let's move forward. Mana Football, uh, the notes writer here, forgot to write any notes. Uh, the Saints... The Saints are coming off a bye, so it'll be interesting to see what they can do. They're 3-2, and two, and the Seahawks, are, they lost in prime time last week to the Steelers. They're 2-4. and four. Geno Smith is obviously at the helm with the Russell Wilson injury. This yep. will be an interesting one. Uh, normally two powerhouses in the NFC. Uh, what do we reckon, mm. boys? I think the Saints coming off a week off with Geno at the helm. I'm going Saints. Yeah, I've picked the Saints as well because, well, at the start of the season, you see the Seahawks being 2-4 and four after six weeks. Probably not. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe the, those numbers reverse as like a 4-2 and two team. 
Uh, but coming into the Saints here, yeah, I've, I think the Saints overall are probably a better team. Defensively, they are a better defense. Um, you know, they've got a comparable quarterback now with uh, Winston and Geno Smith, but they've also got Kamara on that on that offense and side of the ball, whereas the Seahawks, um, unsure who's going to play running back for them. Um, Alex Collins, of course, potentially. Yeah, um, so DJ Dallas. Yeah. Or whether Penny's healthy enough to yeah, to, to play, um, so yeah, it's going to be G, Gino relying on DK and um, and Lockett there. But whether that how ha- whether that's enough uh, against that Saints Saints front seven is pretty good. Yep. Um, they haven't mm. played as well this year as they did last year, uh, but I still think the Saints have got more than enough talent in this one. So I'm picking them. Monks, before you jump in, I just want to go back to uh, that comparison between Jameis Winston and Geno Smith. I think that's a little harsh on Jameis. I think he is the better quarterback in this matchup. Uh, I suppose time will tell. Uh, but, yeah, Saints for mine. I think the Seahawks as well. Look, we you did mention uh, who would have thought the Seahawks being two and four, but who would have thought this NFC West was going to be as good as it is? Uh, I think this the Seahawks uh, and probably the 49ers uh, are going to, do it tough this year, considering how good the Cardinals and Rams are both looking. Yeah, that's it. Um, and, yeah, I think I saw um, late last week that uh, Russell Wilson was in practice throwing a few passes with his left hand. So um, depending on how Geno Smith plays this weekend, we might see um, Wilson starting a few weeks early. I'm just kidding. With his left hand, do you think? <laughs> With his left hand. <laughs> you ever tried to do things left-handed? It's quite difficult. Yeah. <laughs> Depends if you like a stranger or not. Of so. course, sure. about uh, throwing balls. And, of course, uh, that's what we're yeah, talking about. Beers, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. Opening, opening beers. Very, um, very difficult to do that. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, yeah, I've gone Saints as well. Um, they are favourites at $1.46. Uh, Seahawks is out at two dollars seventy-five. Um, I think that's probably a bit short. My thinking. I think this game will be closer than that. Yeah, yeah. I agree. The two seventy-five is a bit. Yeah. For yeah. The I think that's a bit long. The Saints on the road. The twelfth man getting involved. I'm not sure. I like that head-to-head. I'll stick by my tip, but uh, it seems a little short to me. Yeah. yeah. It's no, a line definitely. like ten-ish, ten plus. Um, line four and a half. Um, Ooh. And- very mm. odd. That's juicy. That's juicy. That is juicy. Mm. Uh, we've got total match points of 42.5 as well. Yeah, but banged up Seahawks offense, I guess. Uh, this Saints team probably relying a little bit more on their defense than they normally do, uh, but an enthralling mm. Monday night football game there. Boys, that wraps up the NFL for the week. And a big American sport that we love. It seems like not that long ago that we were talking about the NBA Finals, the NBA Playoffs. We're back. Opening night saw uh, two big matchups between East contenders and West contenders. Uh, in the East, we saw the Bucks take on the Nets. Uh, the Bucks did it pretty comfortably. Giannis looked like Giannis. Uh, I think a lot of this season is going to come down to who can stop that man. Uh, Pat Connaughton and Chris Middleton were both pretty good. We talked about our boy, I shouted him a beer, Patty Mills, uh, excellent uh, for the Nets. KD uh, had had a good stat line. Um, 
what do we think here, boys, in the East? I tend to think these will be the two best teams in the East. I can't imagine, well, what have we got? The 76ers, the Celtics, possibly bothering these guys. You'd think these two are, are one and two in the East? Yeah, well, and you look at the other side as well with the Warriors and Lakers as that second game there. Like These these are the four four of the teams you can potentially talk about as your, your last four. So, um, you know, they're, they're going to be... Uh, definitely very deep into the playoffs into that final bracket there. Like as long as they stay healthy, I think that's always going to be the question. If they can all stay healthy, then yeah, they can. Um, they've got dominant rosters. They've got big, big names. They've got big sets there. So um, you can see them all gone, gone very, very deep. It's an interesting point you raise there about staying healthy because in terms of depth, you think the Lakers and perhaps the Nets could absorb injuries, but what do you see a Warriors without Steph or a Bucks without Giannis doing? Perhaps uh, depth there a little bit uh, going towards uh, the Lakers and the Bucks. I'll tell you well, what, boys. I say Lakers, though, are, are old. So. They are old. I think uh, their average age is nearly two years older than the next team in the NBA. Uh, but they're also just an all-star, all-star lineup. It, it's pretty weird to see... Rajon Rondo and Carmelo Anthony coming off the bench together to play for the Los Angeles Lakers. Uh, I think I saw a meme this uh, week with it was the All-Star team, I think, uh, from about five years ago. And it it's the Los Angeles Lakers now. Uh, they've pretty much pilfered all the best talent uh, in the league that, that is, uh, you know, a little bit older. Didn't help them uh, in this game. The Warriors coming out winners. Uh, it was very, very interesting. Le- uh, LeBron was he, he's ageless. Uh, he shot the ball well. He had 34 points. Uh, AD played well, but I think that back end uh, might be a bit of an issue. Russell Westbrook, not very involved. And uh, I sent you boys a picture of his pregame get-up. It was straight out of Scooby-Doo or uh, as much <laughs> Like, like, like to say, this was a good pick-up out of you. <laughs> Ada, the starting girl from the race in Greece, when they go to uh, you know, the, the big uh, storm water drains in Los Angeles, he was rocking yeah. some kind of uh, scarf slash singlet slash colours all over the place, get up. I tell you what, though, he didn't look himself in this team. Look, it's his first game. Maybe it's a little bit early to say we are talking about a bloke that averaged a triple-double for a whole season. You'd think he probably finds uh, you know, his feet in this team. What do you reckon about Russ Westbrook and the Lakers? Yeah, well, I think you covered it. The Lakers probably going to take a month to hit their stride. I reckon yeah. get that chemistry. New guys coming in, um, you know, especially old vets that have probably done it one way um, before and kind of have to fit into that team culture and how essentially LeBron probably wants to run that team and how they fit around him and Anthony Davis. Um, and kind of build into that team mentality, um, have, having been superstars elsewhere. So, yeah, it's probably going to, like I think, I think it'll probably take a month for them to hit their strides. Not to say they didn't do too bad in here, like they only lost by um, seven points. So it's, you know, to a Warriors team left, led by Curry. So they're, they're definitely going to be there, they're, which is probably scary, is they can be a lot better than they have been, I think, in this game. So Yeah. yeah. And let's go back to Steph. Uh, he, he had 21 points, which is a little low for him, but he had a triple-double. 
and it was his first triple-double since 2016, and they interviewed him after the game, and he goes, it was good that we got the win because I played like trash. Uh, he wasn't himself from three-point range. Jordan Poole really stepped up. Uh, that'll be interesting to see how the young shooting guard goes. And Clay Thompson, who knows, because this seems like the longest timeout that I've ever heard from uh, an Achilles injury. Uh, the poor fella, he's barely played for the last two years, and he will be instrumental in uh, in in the way that this Warriors season goes. Uh, but, yeah, for them to go out and, and beat the Lakers when Steph kind of has an off night is very, very interesting, albeit one game. Sorry, I was just checking it. Uh, maybe – oh, he did his ACL and then followed that up with a ruptured Achilles. So he's had yeah. back-to-back. Because I right. think um, KD did his did his Achilles and came back in the same time frame that Clay Thompson's still injured. So yeah, it makes you wonder about the the um, the extent of the injury. Uh, I'm I'm trying to finish off my uh, physical therapy degree, and normally an Achilles, even a complete rupture, you normally expect people back within six months. It's not like an ACL rehab; they tend to rehab a little bit better. Uh, the bloke's banged up, you know. He's he had the ACL and then into the Achilles. It's it's kind of strange to see him out this long. Maybe they're just playing the conservative approach and uh, and just a kind of wait and see uh, mentality around Clay Thompson. But with him, you know, back in that lineup, the Splash Brothers, uh, can he emulate the uh, the Clay of old? Uh, we, we will see. But they're definitely a force to be reckoned with. Uh, after a few years of, you know, being in the wilderness um, after that long, uh, illustrious run of, of, what, four finals in a row? Yeah, yeah. And the final note here I had on Clay was uh, looking likely he'll be cleared for full contact practices within a month. So he can't be too far off. There was a bunch of games Wednesday night, uh, our morning today. We won't go through them all. We'll just have a look at the best performers. Lamelo. Ball was very good. He had 31 points uh, in Charlotte's win over the Pacers. He was seven of nine from uh, three-point land, so nearly as good as our Patrick Mills. Uh, where, where, where do you think Ball can get to by the end of this season? Well, Rookie of the Year last year, I think he could probably get to a top 20 player in the NBA. Um, do you, Look, are the, are the Hornets going to be bothering anyone Late playoffs, no. I think they're a playoff team with him. He, he's got tremendous talent. He's young. Um, but, look, he, he he can't put – I don't think he's at the stage where he can put a team on his back and just carry him through. Uh, what are your thoughts on that? Yeah, I probably agree with you. Maybe that, that's not really well, – well, he did score 31 points, didn't he? Um, yeah, I, I think he's growing into that sort of um, type of player. Um well, I can have a complete mind blank, kind of like the um, Atlanta Hawks. Um, oh, uh, Trey Young. Trey Young, kind of like how Trey Young played with the Hawks, kind of carrying them in there. Um, I think he might be growing into that kind of player. Yeah, uh, Trey came a, a long way this year, uh, but you know was not that highly touted coming out of college. No one expected him to do what he did in uh, in the playoffs. So look. That's a big comparison, but I don't think he's far off. I don't think he's far off. Yeah, I think he could. So my point being, I think he he could take Charlotte where like Trey took 
um, Atlanta last year. That's that's my thinking. He could just get hot towards the end of the year and take, take him on a run. And and basketball is one of those games where you know we've seen LeBron do it for fucking fifteen years. <laughs> where you, it, <laughs> any game where you where one player can put a team on their back and carry them, it, it is it is uh, it is basketball. Uh, so interesting to see what happens with the Hornets there going forward. The Celtics and the Knicks they played a double overtime game today. Uh, which was wild scenes two days into the NBA to see double overtime. Jalen Brown put up 46 for the Celtics in a loss. Uh, I, you know, it's one of the older rivalries in basketball. I expect both of these teams to be pretty good in the East. Uh, so good to see that happen uh, today. And speaking of the East, we got to talk about it. We're Australians. Uh, the 76ers, they won today against the Pelicans. Without Ben Simmons, no worries. Uh, a lot of media attention around Ben Simmons uh, going to training and not participating in drills. It seemed to be a bit of back and forth with Doc Rivers. We obviously saw him sit out of the Olympics and, you know, said he's going to work on his shooting. Um, and I think I said to you boys in our text, in perhaps – less delicate terms. Um, I really want to be a Ben Simmons fan, but he's really making it hard for me, boys. What do we think? Yeah, agree. Yeah. It's, it's, uh, he wants out. And I think he's pushing that message as well. Um, he, like, uh, I think I, I used the, um, uh, Marshawn Lynch quote, you know, I'm, I'm only here because I don't want to get fined, essentially. He's, he's shown up to get to train into cash paid trick. He's not going to work overly hard for that. He's just going to do what he needs to do. Um, and if that's not what the 76ers want, then uh, you should trade me and move me on. I think he's what he's getting at because um, it doesn't sound like he wants to be there. It, it's hard on his teammates because all that shit, oh, for mine, should be sorted out in the off-season when you're, you know, yeah, reporting... Yeah. And you, you're meant to be doing a job for a team. And Joel Embiid didn't didn't hold back with his comments, I think, uh, saying it's not his job to babysit Ben. Uh, it seems like an absolute shit show there in uh, in the city of brotherly love. And, look, it'll be interesting to see what happens moving forward. Uh, and it's difficult for us as Australian basketball fans. Yeah. I, I don't think they can keep the situation going. No, you, you, one they don't want to be paying Ben a mass uh, a max contract if he's going to sit on the sideline. Um, you just wait, you're just wasting that away. You're paying him for nothing, and you get nothing in return. Yeah, but Ben's not doing himself any favors either. Like no, he, he's not helping his stock. Like what coach is going to want to bring someone in with that attitude, and what what team is going to want someone with that in their locker room? Like he's just um, yeah, really ostracizing himself from all the players in the league, really. Yeah, it's a funny thing, you know, talent and versus attitude. Uh, we, we spoke highly of Paddy Mills before, uh, you know, a guy that's undersized, that perhaps doesn't have all the physical attributes that Ben Simmons has, but what he's got is heart and attitude, and he's got it in spades. And, uh, look, you ask any... But anyway... Any any basketball fan, uh, especially uh, of the Australian variety, who you'd rather on your team, and I think uh, you know ninety nine percent would be taking Paddy Mills. Especially when he's when he's one hundred percent for three uh, three pointers at the moment. Yeah, baby. Yeah, let's go. <laughs> they uh, interestingly, I think the Nets take on the 76ers tomorrow night. 
Uh, so that will be interesting to see what happens there. Boys, the NBA is back. I can't wait. Uh, I do also need to piss my pants. So if one of you could please <laughs> let us into the soccer of the week and I'll be back in a minute. Thank you very oh, much. Well, I might stall for a minute and talk about MVPs. Um, cause oh, I think, good point, yep. Matt. Good point, yep. Yeah, so uh, potential, because we talked a little bit about who we think are finals and there are some excellent teams kind of floating around. Two that we didn't talk about that also played today were the Suns and the Nuggets. Um, Suns losing to the Nuggets. Uh, and my MVP kind of shout would be uh, last year's MVP. We've got to talk about the Joker because he's still doing Joker things. And uh, if he stays as healthy as he does and puts up um, uh, the the numbers that he does with the amount of triple doubles as well, uh, didn't get a triple double in that game. But if he continues that kind of form, maybe he can go back to back. I don't think back to back's a pretty regular thing in the NBA. I'll double check that quickly. Um, but do you have any thoughts, Marks, on a uh mvp for the league this year um no yeah i think i think you're, you're I, I do i do lie because uh um uh, the joker won it last year of course sorry to interrupt you um <laughs> Anas won it the two years before that so he went back to back um hard westbrook then curry won it back to back um durant won one then uh ron won it back to back rose then lebon won it back to back uh, Tim Duncan won it back to back. So, so it happens Michael, a lot. Michael Magic. Yeah. So winning MVPs back <laughs> happens a fair bit in the NBA. Uh, yeah. So the Joker maybe to go back to back um, would be a fair shout. I'm not sure if you can pull up some odds real quick. That's uh, it. But he yeah. might be towards the top. No, definitely. And I think that just um, shouts volumes about the consistency of the NBA players at the moment, um, especially at that high level. Um, so yeah, to that, um, Joker and the Greek Freak are both um, sitting at $6 as favourites for the MVP for this season. Mm. Um, behind them, we've got uh, KD um, sitting at $7.50. Uh, Steph Curry's um, always there, thereabouts at $8.50. Um, and then, yeah, it starts dropping off with um, Embiid at $10 and uh, LeBron James at 14 I was going to ask you where LeBron was because hey, if he keeps putting up, uh, what did he, what was it, 34, uh, 34 points, 11 assists and five rebounds, or it might have been 11 rebounds and five assists, um, depending how he wrote it. Uh, if, he can, <laughs> if he can stay healthy and do that all year, then um, and if he plays predominantly a lot of the games and doesn't get rested very much, of course he can be in that conversation for MVP. But my That's pick it, yeah. was the Joker. Peps, do you have a pick for MVP? Monks just said, what was it, Joker and Giannis are $6, and they're the top favourites at the moment for MVP. Mm. I'm going to take Giannis. Uh, nothing to take away from Nikola Jokic, uh, one of the best uh, seasons we've seen from a centre in a long, long time. Uh, but just that playoff run, especially after he had that nasty-looking uh, knee injury where he only missed a few games, to come, come back and just dominate. Uh, I think the NBA... Look, we love the regular season, but uh, I think the the playoffs come down to who can guard Giannis and slow him down. Uh, he he'll be my early pick for the MVP. Uh, in terms of taking out the the competition, I think that's a bit of a different one because he probably doesn't have the supporting cast that that some other teams have. Uh, the Lakers, despite look, they they lost its one game out of eighty two. Uh, I think uh, they're, they're very, very stacked. 
Um, I'll, I'll take the Lakers in the West, and I'll take the. Ooh, I don't want. I'll, I'll I'll say Bucks and Lakers uh, finals. Yeah, and as I was just saying before to Monks, there's a lot of teams that could potentially make it deep into the finals. We didn't talk about the Suns, of course. Um, yeah, at all. yeah. I guess it's well play playoffs. Of course, there's the Hawks there. Like, there's a lot of really good good teams. Um, well, as as they always are, but there's a lot of really good talent there. Seventy six is the players. There's no reason why the Jazz can't can't, can't go deep. So look, uh, obviously. You know, on paper, you you look at these Nets and and Lakers and and the defending champs and the Bucks, but uh, there's no reason why why a Suns or a Jazz or a Young Hawks or if the 76ers can get their shit together um, that, that that they can't go deep. Look, the Celtics, you know, who knows? Who knows? Anyways, the NBA's back. Uh, can't wait. And um, let's. I just let's, wanted to cover. I just want to cover up for you. If Giannis does win the MVP, he would have won three from the last four too. So. Yeah, right. Um, I've also done a Frank the Tank. Uh, the Joker's sitting at 15 odds at the moment. I was uh, thinking uh, Luca is at $6. Um, ah, Luca. <laughs> oh, look, we all make mistakes. At least a couple of minutes in between uh, realising, uh, unlike the Frank the Tank connection, uh, where it was about two hours before we realised. That's it, yeah. yeah that's um, live podcasting. Exactly. Um, so if I go back to... Um, Favorites for the season, so yeah, Lakers are favorites to win the West um, at two dollars two dollars eighty eight. Nets are favorites to win the East at two dollars twenty. Um, Bucks are at four dollars there, um, and we have got the Nets um, winning it all at three dollars fifty. Yeah, excuse me for my ignorance, but two dollars whatever two dollars twenty two dollars eighty to take out a whole conference that's way too short for mine considering it's what day one day two uh, <laughs> that's short. Game, 81 games to go like you can't just go off a team on paper uh and as we saw a lot of it comes down to what happens in the playoffs like a lot of people were saying oh it's the nets last year you know that they've Put together this big three. They're 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 the monsters, as we were referring to them, and they they didn't even make uh the the conference finals. So, mm. yeah, conference final. No, the one before. Anyway, one. anyways, point being is that that is way way too short for mine. Uh, I I don't like any of that, and uh, and I'd I'd love to see you know a smaller franchise this year. You know, like. Like your your sons, like your jazz, like your hawks, go deep in this uh, in this NBA season. Mm. Let's see. Well, you mentioned the hawks. They're they're nineteen dollars at the moment um, for Eastern Conference. Um, so yeah, and they pushed it pretty deep last year as well. So be interesting to see. Anyways, we've got a lot of NBA ahead of us. That's it. So. I think we need to then uh, go to the soccer and talk a little bit of the, about the EPL before we get into Champions League. Um, I think we probably should talk about what's happening in Newcastle at the moment. Uh, of course, we mentioned, I think, two weeks ago, they got purchased by the, uh, I think it ends up being an investment firm, uh, which has very heavy Saudi bank, ba- uh, backing with it. Um, it was a public investment fund for Saudi Arabia. There you go. 
I think it's the most uh, financially solid backing of an of a team ever. Like you, we think about the ascendancy of Manchester City recently uh, in the last ten years since they got bought out. So apparently these guys are worth more uh, than than the City takeover. Yeah, Look, I think they smoke them. Yeah. However, dollars does not necessarily equal success. Uh, there's been a lot of noise this week. Uh, Sean, what has happened? Uh, there seems to be uh, a lot of heads on the chopping block at Newcastle. Yeah, well, they've already started their cleaning of house. Um, of course, Newcastle, I think, is still second last in that relegation uh, zone. Uh, so they've already sacked the coach. Um, he's gone. Uh the league also was worried. So when I say the league, the rest of the league, so all the other teams were worried about um, in-place sponsorship deals, um, potentially Saudi-based deals that the Newcastle team would have in place, uh, which would give them, say, an unfair advantage. Uh, not that they, they've already got $500 billion behind them. I don't think, you know, a couple more billion dollars worth of sponsorships going to be. $500 billion. <laughs> yeah, going to be much of an issue, but... That is of in the, the evil voice. Yeah, of the 20 clubs, 18 voted it through. Newcastle were one that didn't, and I think City abstained, um, of course, because, as you mentioned, they have their huge backing, uh, probably want some favourism as well. So, yeah, a little a little bit of uh, stirring the pot, of course, um, with the new ownership coming in. Uh, the fans kind of taking to it very quickly, uh, wearing fake Arab head coverings or looking like Saudis in the, in the crowd. Um, they colour matched it to look like magpies, hadn't they? Uh, Most of you pre-show, they they had a little bit of a black and white about their uh, headdressings. Yeah, I think it was something like that. Yeah, yeah. So um, I, I think the club, you know, allow, allowing it because I can't really prevent it, but they're also like, please don't just do it if you're taking the piss, kind of thing. But but English locker fans taking the piss, uh, you, uh, I don't think you can stop that from happening. No. no. That's it. And I think I think the EPL and I think a lot of the European leagues do have um, some sort of rules around. Um, so they call it the financial fair play rules. So it restricts how that how much they can spend. Um, so they just can't go out and and basically buy a team of superstars. So um, as much as um, they've got the money to um, to throw around, it's still going to be sort of that multi-year um, build where they just each year just keep on buying more and more players and. Um, work their way back up the ladder um, that way. So those uh, uh, those rules must be pretty soft, monks. Uh, considering, <laughs> uh, look, maybe you can't do it in one year, but uh, we'll let you do it in three. But uh, yeah. look, hats off to Newcastle United fans. It'll be interesting to see. Uh, haven't done too much of late uh, going deep in terms of the league or European football. Uh, but obviously going to have a lot of money behind the Magpies. Um, of course, there was a slight round of games on the weekend. Uh, as mentioned, when we kicked off, Liverpool did smash Watford. That's uh, probably one of the, the interesting ones. Uh, Leicester City did get a win over Man United. Uh, yeah. Man City beat Burnley. Um, Chelsea got a win. Top Arsenal, of the table. Arsenal. Able Chelsea. Uh, Arsenal did get a win also over uh, Crystal Palace, which I think... Draw, draw that was, I believe. Um, but, yeah, the, the table, table's starting to take a bit of shape. Chelsea up the top there. United have dropped a few recently. Uh, Liverpool and City uh, round out the top four. Uh, Liverpool hasn't lost a game yet also. But they're not first, are they? 
No, they've had three draws, no. so they but they haven't lost a game so far. Out of their um, so Bright, Brighton's the one that's rounding out the top four. Bright, at the yeah, Brighton. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Get around the seagulls. Brighton is so powerful. <laughs> Can't imagine that's uh, how the season finishes, but good on them. Uh, a red-hot start from the team from Southern England. Uh, i tell you what, boys, as a United fan, a little disappointed with uh, the last few results. They started the season pretty well and have dropped a few games. Look, it's it's match day eight in a very long season. You, you've got to take it with a grain of salt, I suppose. Um, but it'll be interesting to see what happens moving forward. We did have Champions League games uh, this week and a few interesting ones. The biggest thing of note, I think, our share of tourist ball, the Moldovans, the, the formerly top of the top of their group, Moldovans, they caught their first loss. They lost to Inter Milan. They uh, they uh, succeeded three goals. Uh, but in in other news, Man City played very well. PSG uh, got over Leipzig. Uh, Messi and Mbappe involved there. Liverpool got a win away at Atletico. Very difficult to get a win there at the Wanda Metropolitana. And I'll tell you who we've got to watch out for. Ajax. Uh, they are four and zip. Uh, they they got over Borussia Dortmund. A big win for them. Uh, Real Madrid, who had had a slow start to uh, the Champions League, they put away Shaka Donetsk. United had a late comeback against Atalanta and Chelsea looking pretty good there. So, look, a lot of the big guns firing. We are halfway through the group games. Uh, it'll be interesting to see what happens moving forward. Got a favourite? PSG? For the whole thing? Yep. Ooh, uh, look, gun to my head. You know, I did, you know. Definitely not. As a United fan, definitely not. Uh, look, if I had to choose one of these excellent teams, Bayern Munich is who, who I'd be going with. I think they look very, very solid. Uh, but it's very early days, I suppose. Uh, the big knock on PSG is that they've never won one of these things. So I'd be interested to see what happens. Uh, but look, we've we've got we've got Champions League football. It's heating up. Uh, all the leagues in Europe uh, picking up. So um, yeah, it's interesting to see what happens. So with that, that wraps up soccer, and I think that means we've got to get into our final round and wrap this bitch up. Um, so, as always, we kick the final round off with UFC. There is a UFC fight night coming up on the weekend, uh, followed then, of course, by UFC 267, and the following weekend, UFC 266, 268. Sorry, uh, We get back-to-back pay-per-views, which is pretty cool. Uh, yeah. And they're both really good pay-per-views as well. Uh, but if we come back to the fight night, the fight of interest is Paul Acosta taking on Marvin uh, Vittori. Uh, the issue with this is Costa can't make weight. He, he literally had a press conference today. He was 220 pounds. So that can't make me weight. Yeah, he, well, I, maybe I exaggerate. He was over 200. Uh, yeah, it's 211. So he said he was yeah, 96 kilos. Yeah, so... Still, that's 30 pounds over the, the weight he's meant to be making that he's yeah, signed the contract for. Very difficult to cut that much in uh, yeah. in a few days. Uh, yeah. so he, he said, he, said it, he, he basically said, I can't do it. So if, uh, and then he kind of put it on his opponent if you, and said, hey, if, the, if they don't want to make this fight happen, it's, you know, it's on them, et cetera, et cetera. It's like, you didn't make fucking weight, bro. Like, yeah. You know, 
So, hey, anyway, they're going to do a catch weight of 195. Um, I joke here that Costa's, uh, his cycle off didn't work too well for him. <laughs> so, hey, we'll, we'll, we'll see how that goes. But you know, if he's 211 with, what, three days out from fight, maybe he should be thinking about moving up a, a weight division. <laughs> well, after the news uh, of uh, that Adesanya loss of him getting on the red Venos the night yeah. before, perhaps that may have played into uh, where his weight is at. Too many bags. <laughs> he, he's a very good-looking man. He's very well put together. Unfortunately, got found out by Israel Adesanya the last time they fought. Uh, it's pretty hard to compare the two, you know, both uh, coming off losses against um, the middleweight champ. Uh, I suppose Vittori looked better than, than Costa did uh, is, is probably my uh, only insight into this one. And I, I just wonder where Costa's head's at, you know, the the missing weight, the, all the stuff that came out uh, against his loss, uh, which is, I think, about a year ago now. Yeah. Again. And uh, pretty sure he hasn't fought since then either. So. No, I don't, I don't believe so. So I think for mine, uh, Marvin. Yeah, like t- talent-wise, it's it, hey, on paper, this should be a really good fight and they should be very competitive with it. But, yeah, I'd rather Vittori wins um, after all the shit that Costa's kind of been going through. And yeah. September 2020 was his last fight against the champion for Costa to confirm that. There you go. That was the start of our podcast. That was, I think that was around about the start of our podcast. So, well done, boys. We've, we've been going about a year. Yeah. So, yeah, I'd, after all the shit and the kind of trying to put it on his opponent when he was the one that failed professionally, um, yeah, fuck Costa. I would rather have Vittori wins this one. Maybe uh, we can make it a little bit musical, if you will. Uh, when you're hit like a bomb by a something, something, that's Vittori. <laughs> that's Vittori. Uh, Which I say, the execution was poor. Uh, Monks, yep, we'll say that next one. week. Uh, I've got Vittori. Sean's got Vittori. Uh, the odds in your tip, please. Yeah, this is an interesting one. Obviously, with Costa um, holding a bit of weight, um, does that play into the fact that he's probably going to hit a little bit heavier or is that going to just cost him in his cardio? Um, that being said, I'll probably, I'm going with Tori as well. Um, he is favourite, $1.61. Uh, Costa is out at $2.25. Um, and we've got Method of Victory. I, well, the Method of Victory is actually in Costa's favour. Uh, TKO at $3.30. Is this a five-rounder? Or is it? Uh, a great question. Main events, yes, I think it is. Tend, tend it, to be five rounds. Yeah. Yeah. Even they, though, they, they sometimes change it up. Based they on do, the they do, and it's not an official UFC uh, event. It is just a UFC fight night. Uh, but that'll be interesting. You'd think uh, Costa at his size perhaps might struggle to go longer. Um, but, yeah, mm. as as Izzy said, it's not about bodybuilding. It's about fighting. That's it. Um, and, yeah, it is a five-round fight. Five-round fight. I realise I've got the odds for the rounds right in front of me. Yeah, yeah it's scheduled. <laughs> <laughs> that as well. And um, hit by Vittori. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, uh, you know, that on that that's the main fight on that card. Um, UFC 267 is looking uh, very tasty the week after, and we will t- 
tackle that in depth next week. Maybe um, next week. That. Mm-hmm. Back in the studio, boys. Let's go. Yes. yes. Mm. Uh, some local league news. Uh, we should wrap up. Uh, we start off with the NRL and the confirmation, of course, today that Wayne Bennett will be the coach for the new the Dolphins team uh, for yeah. at least the next four years. Um, is it four years? Four years that he signed on for. Four years, so he will be seventy-five by the time that deal ends. Um, Seventy. I thought it was going to be like one hundred and thirty-eight by the time. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's that's current contract. He might retire from the Dolphins after that time frame, like another forty years. I'm um, just hoping he doesn't have premierships under his belt. That is a four-year deal. You, and we have spoken about it on the podcast before. He's been coaching first grade since 1987. So that is wild. I guess not really news. It was kind of, uh, you know, what, what everyone had assumed was going to happen. Yeah, uh, deal, done, deal done today and they did the presser. Um, he, interesting thing Bennett did say, he they're planning it. They don't have a staff yet, so they've got to put a staff together and build the culture, essentially, that they want for the Dolphins. Mm. Uh, but he did say that they want to do something like they did in Souths, uh, where they find, you know, who's going to be their next head coach after he retires, potentially yeah. after the four years that he's there at the club. Um, so pretty interesting. Um, the media, of course, trying to get uh, headlines out of Wayne, and Wayne was having none of it. Uh, but the big kind of talking point everyone keeps talking about is the controversy around the name and having no location associated with it. There was some original chat that, hey, fans would be able to um, have uh, input into that. And then the Dolphins backtracked on it and then said, hey, we're going to be known as the Dolphins going forward. Um, But then everyone's kind of like, well, you're shitting on your heritage. Well, you need some sort of location. As we mentioned, they're the only team without a location associated with with the club, whether it needs to be Brisbane, North Brisbane, Motney Bay, Redcliffe, Sunshine Coast, whatever. Like they've got plenty of options they could pick from. Um, maybe that's the problem. They've got too many, so they just said, "Fuck it, we'll pick the Dolphins." But um, well, if they go to a fan poll, they might be uh, Dolphy McDolphin face. So that that is <laughs> uh, issue surrounding that one. Yeah, uh, look, it's interesting that they want, don't want to attach Redcliffe to the name. Uh, we did speak about it, I think, a few podcasts ago that. Redcliffe itself is not actually that big a population. Uh, yeah, maybe North Brisbane, maybe Sunshine Coast, maybe Moreton Bay makes sense. But uh, look, what's in a name? Uh, if the team's successful, uh, people will get around it, I suppose. Yeah, and uh, the final bit, they've because yeah, everyone's talking about the Dolphins now, there's been a bit of leaks of what the potential jersey could be. I think they signed a deal with Classic to do their jersey. Um, so red and white, essentially, predominantly red, um, so they don't, of course, clash with St. George is the only other, say, reddish, whitish team. Um, yeah. So totally red with white kind of stripes around the shoulder, like a white stripe across and down kind of thing. Um, it's it's good they put that out, uh, you know, just in case the 2023 grand final is between the St. George Dragons and uh, the uh, Dolphy McDolphin faces. <laughs> yeah, yes. <laughs> Uh, but, yeah, besides – because there isn't a predominantly red team in the NRL, is there? Um, and the, red. Same, Go. All red, no. No, red – yeah, the Dragons are the one that comes to mind that they, I suppose, are predominantly white and then red being the second colour. So red is a market that they could uh, tap into. Yeah, and if – you know, some of the other sports teams that I wear a lot of red – like the Cardinals maybe is an example, um, you know, they definitely can have some very cool looking red jerseys come out of that. 
So it'd be interesting to see how well they sell. And now I think we wait the next year worth of uh, Wayne building that team. So after you probably start asking agents who's available, who can unchat to, and we'll take it from there. Yeah, a lot of uh, a lot of the noise will be uh, around signings. You'd imagine uh, Munster is the man on everyone's lips, but uh, they've got to build a full roster. So we'll see what happens there. Honestly, I think they've gone quiet on Munster because of the little nose candy um, incident. Surely not. Yeah, they're talking about Welsh and Ponga and all those like like Cam Munster's names kind of falling down the line a bit. I re- which that's funny when I think about it. Um, yeah. <laughs> uh, so, but I, the, I think the point, my thinking is, uh, I reckon Munster will be a late signing. Like they'd probably put the other guys together. Who this? Who's captain? Be here's Mosa roster. Munster will come out have a great year for the Storm, and then towards the end of it, um, you know, I'm taking my talents to whatever the beach is closest enough to Redcliffe and uh, that's where he'll, he'll end up and at the end of the year. And that'll be their massive signing, I think to kick off their, you know, off season for next season toward the end of the year to keep them relevant. If I will. Moving forward, uh, the AFL has announced that they're going to have a mandatory vaccination for all players. This is a big announcement because we well, spoke just a couple of hours ago, but yes, it's just come through that that is the case. Well, we spoke about the NBA before, and uh, we spoke about the NFL and and college football coaches uh, getting the axe for not getting the jab. Uh, boys, uh, again, you know, reiterating, obviously we're all pro-jab, pro-vaccine here, but what's our thoughts on mandating that everyone has to be vaccinated to play in the league? Yeah, and just, just I'm just quickly checking here, um, Abdo, of course, from the NRL perspective, says mm-hmm. they won't go down the same path, so they're not going to follow what the AFL's done here. Okay. Okay. Uh, yeah, it's interesting. The AFL, they basically said if you, you're not vaccinated, you can't uh, practice or train, which probably means you probably can't play as well. Um, mm. So it was like, hey, if you want to be a part of the AFL and have a job, you need to get vaccinated. And I think that comes, uh, I can't remember the players exactly, but there's been a bit of, in this last week, a bit of chat about uh, several other players about their claims or their kind of stance of where they're at with vaccinations as well. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, AFL basically is going, fuck that. Uh, if you want to play in the AFL, you need to be vaccinated, otherwise go elsewhere. Um, yeah, they come down hard. I think uh, Matthew Richardson uh, spoke out this weekend, uh, or this week, I should say, the former Richmond Tigers legend uh, kicked about 800 goals. Uh, he, uh, I think, tweeted saying that he uh, has a immunocompromised family member, and he said, uh, essentially, if you know, if you're not getting the jab, uh, pull your head in, kind of thing. Um, I don't want look. I don't want this to be a really divisive thing around sport. We've seen enough of it in the media and in social media. Um, but yeah, a very interesting call by the AFL to mandate vaccines. Monks, uh, your thoughts, please. Yeah, I mean, it's you got to tread that line between public health and safety and being able to respect people's personal decisions um which is always very hard when you're looking at something like this um you don't know how well like i guess we're moving away from talking about sport here but when we talk about herd immunity and and all that sort of stuff it's um it's difficult to be able to 
understand what the outcome outcomes will be from making a decision now um, and what it's going to look like in a week's time or two months' time or 12 months' time. Um, I think AFL is obviously being cautious. Um, they've seen what happens when, I guess, the league has to go into bubbles and all that sort of stuff. So, And I guess the evidence is there that vaccines are okay, um, they're safe. So... They're being cautious. They're saying yes, we need to we need to push these onto the players. Um, NRLs, like you mentioned, has gone the other way at the moment. Um, they're happy accepting the risk um, of COVID. Um, yeah, I can't say one way or the other what's the right answer. Um, I've been vaccinated. Uh, my cell phone reception hasn't changed. I haven't got any better 5G. Um, this is Bill Gates. Kill everyone. <laughs> Bill Gates, I haven't heard from Bill Gates yet. Um, he's, there's I'm no voices right. in my head. Well, at least he's not in my head yet. Um, he, can, he can jump over a chair. Don't forget that. That is true. That is true. Um, yeah. Like, can I um, can I just throw in a point here as well? I think the AFL, and we'll use that NRL comparison, as a slightly different circumstances because they do play in every state. So And uh, they do play in... Uh, Western Australia and South Australia as well, which have, you know, Western Australia definitely a bit more mm. stricter on their requirements um, mm. uh, for getting in and out of the state. So the AFL's gone, hey, well, you know, we want to schedule these games. We want to be able to travel across the country to be able to put on great football uh, for all our fans. So don't fuck it up, players uh, who put, get pulled in a yeah. line, essentially. Uh, whereas NRL, of course, is predominantly on the East Coast and got to deal with Queensland, Sydney and Melbourne as their kind of go-between. And all three of those have had COVID to some extent and the, they can uh, deal with that, I think, a little bit easier than what the AFL is going to have to do uh, for the coming season. So um, yeah. I think it's just them just you know pulling their weight and just saying, hey, make it easy on us so we don't have to you know, move games around, jump it around um, yeah. like did this season just to get the whole whole schedule in. So, yeah. Um, yeah, they're, they're definitely looking at the sustainability of the league and um, making sure that they can get, get a full season um, out of it next year. Um, but I, I think it'll be an interesting fortnight. Um, of course, the, the announcement made uh, a couple of hours ago, uh, our time. So uh, I think the fallout yet to come, and we'll probably yeah, hear yeah. about that in the next couple of weeks. Yeah, you watch the next few weeks. There will be a number of players come out and uh, be pretty upset with this. So we'll follow that as it comes. Uh, boys, one of our look. Let's be honest, middle tier sports. Uh, but the Major League Baseball, they're going down to uh, their, you know, the National League and the American League Finals. Uh, Houston, they uh, lead Boston three two. Uh, and Atlanta lead the LA Dodgers 3-1. Have you guys been keeping an eye on this at all? Yeah, a, a little bit through the week, kind of catching it up. Uh, it looks like Atlanta has taken a handily lead there. Um, I think the next game might be back in LA from memory, but I'd have to double-check that. And Houston the same. Uh, the Astros have uh, been playing very well. Of course, they won it. They won last year or the year before. They won recently. Um, sure, Marx will bring that one up. I look, uh, obviously, no baseball experts here. I did see that both number one uh, seeds uh, didn't make it through to this uh, 
So very interesting to see what happens. Um, I've got no idea. We aren't baseball experts by any means, but we'll obviously keep an eye on the World Series. Uh, well, it's looking like a Houston versus Atlanta World Series at this point. So uh, we will, of course, cover that when it comes around in the next week or so. But, that's, yeah, it's coming up very, very quickly um, for the for the MLB. Who won last year? You'd think I'd be able to get this a lot easier. Yeah, I would have thought so. World Series <laughs> champions. Uh, I'm resting. I think I beat you. Uh, Dodgers beat Rays last year. The uh, Dodgers are yeah. the defending champs, and they're most likely going to go out to the Braves here. Yes. Yeah. Uh, Nationals beat Astros the year before that. Boston beat Dodgers the year before that. And Astros won in 2017. That's what I'm remembering. And they beat the Dodgers in that one. Mm. So it seems like the Astros and the Dodgers have had a pretty good run of it of late. Uh, I challenge all of you to name 10 ball, baseball players um, and get back to me in the next week. Uh, <laughs> I might if I, and uh, we'll go from there. If I've got a week, that's that's not too, too hard. Oh, you give me 30 <laughs> seconds and I'll Google it. <laughs> <laughs> and off the top of the head? Yeah, Yeah. No. no, not off the top of the head. Yeah, that's um, what I thought. Go, hey, Yeah. <laughs> What about F1, boys? Something that you do know a little oh, bit about. The um, just it, before just before F1. Um, while we're on baseball, just want to shout out to the Australian baseball community. Um, the Australian Baseball League um, recently announced that they've had to cancel their upcoming season for the 2021-22 season um, due to border restrictions and um, the ongoing impact of COVID. Um, so yeah, just uh, shout out to anyone. Who listens to us that follows the Australian Baseball League? Um, hopefully, we can get back on track next, well, in 12 months' time. Yeah, that's sad, sad news considering uh, mm. you know, we're looking at opening up uh, across state borders and the like. Uh, so, yeah, shout out to anyone that's involved in that, perhaps missing out on a uh, on a pay packet or, um, you know, uh, an ability to show one's skills uh, to, to some scouts, perhaps. That's, and yeah. you just did remind me of a story that did come out this week um, about our your best mate, Peps, uh, Novak Djokovic. Oh, yeah. He <laughs> won't be able to come play in the Australian Open because and of why his, is that? Uh, because <laughs> of his anti-vax stance. So there you go. Oh, I thought it was a no-fuckwits uh, stance. <laughs> <laughs> by the Australian government. You almost killed Muggy. <laughs> Yeah, nah, look, I uh, wish Novak was in his uh, any vaccine um, vegan um, thinks he's better than everyone else. Pursuits, uh, undoubtedly one of the best tennis players ever. But uh, outside of that, uh, I have no further comment. Um, F1, boys, we have uh, the, the US race coming up. Uh, it seems to be a two-horse race at this stage in terms of the Drivers' Championship uh, you boys obviously a little bit more invested than I am in the sport. Uh, what do we think about this week's race? Yeah, well, hard to hard to say until I get into practice, and practice, of course, will start tomorrow. Um, this is, of course, in Austin, Texas, this race. Uh, just wanted to highlight, hey, the F1 race on the weekend, watch it. The the, the I think what is Max is back ahead by six-ish points. So yeah, still not pretty. Many. 
Yeah. Still pretty close. Like Pep said, two horse race. Um, very interesting to see how McLaren do um, with their battle with Ferrari. And of course, they're still, yeah. um, the battle's kind of through the field as well with Austin Martin and um, some of the other teams as well. So, uh, like, it's it's been a really good championship. And of course, now being in uh, the uh, over in the American Americana continents uh, going forward for the next month. Um, you know, there's going to be some good races there. The yeah. one interesting point I wanted to make was Ricardo did make a bet with his team owner with McLaren because they do have a NASCAR team. So it looks yeah, like Ricardo's is going to yeah. get a drive in a NASCAR. Potentially yeah. as a promotional thing, uh, yeah. but he will get to be able to do some circuit work, um, circle work especially, uh, before this race kicks off. But they've already, um, I think they stopped part of Dallas or something and had Red Bull drive through Dallas, um, got a ticket. Um, just yeah. you know, for media hype, for media beat up leading up into the Formula One race. But yeah. hey, it should be an interesting race. The championship's really close. Uh, looking forward to it. Looking forward to another excellent um, competition. Definitely, yeah. Um, potential for a little bit of controversy. So I think during the week, um, Pierre Gasly came out saying that the track is pretty atrocious. Um, lots of bumps. Um, I think MotoGP had a race uh, earlier on. Um, potentially even last month, um, and, yeah, they reckon the track conditions were, weren't that great. Um, obviously, being in Austin, Texas, it gets pretty hot, and the temperature difference, I guess, so that with tarmac isn't all that great, um, can cause bumps and ripples in the, in the track. Um, they've had to resurface a couple of the corners uh, quite recently. Um, and, yeah, even Pirelli. So this is the first time they've uh, raced at... Um, Circus of the Americas since mm-hmm. 2019. So, again, not too much data to go off. So, even with Pirelli, I trying to work out what their tyre setups um, going to be this this race. They've set them, but not too sure about the wear and tear. So, um, oh, I'd say hard compounds to limit potential blowouts from um, punishment uh, mm. across the racetrack. So, yeah, it'd be. Is, is it'd the be... heat that much of a concern in late October in, in Texas? I could, couldn't imagine it being that hot. Probably yeah, not, not in terms the, of heat on race day. I think it's just the general wear and tear over That's the year good. with the um, heat causing the track to expand and contract, expand, contract, expand, contract. Um, I, I guess it can degrade the surface a little bit. Um, but, yeah, we'll have to wait and see. Definitely. Right. You also got to remember F1 drivers, any little bump they're going to complain about. It needs to be baby <laughs> bottom smooth. Um, otherwise, they're not happy. You're on the, the princess in the pea. Yeah. yeah, that's it. Uh, that's it. But yeah, no, great track. Um, they've got some pretty iconic um, corners and stuff. That, that first corner um, leading out of the straight um, up the hill um, to the left is pretty cool to see. Um, some pretty insane overtakes first um, first lap at that corner as well. So, um, yeah, it should be exciting. And, yeah, hopefully um, with the tyre setups and all that will be a pretty pretty close, pretty contentious uh, race. Yep. Yeah. Looking like a good race. Hmm. Any yeah. other final thoughts or comments, lads? Um, nah. Roundup of the current news. I don't think anything's breaking that we need to cover. Um, so I think that'll probably um, do us. Yeah. Uh, wrap us up. Thank you for listening to On the Esky. Obviously, a big weekend uh, forthcoming with the 
Cricket World Cup, uh, the week that will be in the NFL and the NBA, an F1 race and uh, Major League Baseball, our forte, of course. Uh, we may have uh, a World Series uh, uh, teams coming forth in the next episode. Uh, if you do like this content, please consider sus- subscribing uh, on our YouTube. Uh, we do have an Instagram. Check that out. And, boys, I will see you in the flesh for the first time in close to three months. I can't wait. Uh, Let's get stuck into it. Have a good weekend, boys. Will do. Yeah. Thank you, lads. Thank you, as always. See you next week. Catch you. See you. Bye. Bye.